This is a Hot Pie Media original. Welcome to Overcome with Justin Wren. Amy's in the house. What's up? And she's looking hot. Thanks, babe. She's got a leopard sports bra on. <laughs> she's got these great glasses, this rock and roll hat. It's my blue blockers. Her blue blockers. Mm-hmm. Well, at least they're not boob blockers. Oh so my god. I like that boobage over there. I don't think uh oh. I don't think anyone else gets to see what I get to see. But uh if you're not checking out YouTube, you probably should. And Chris Long is our guest, two-time Super Bowl champion. You know what the common denominator was a couple years back, whenever the Patriots won and then the Eagles won? Chris Long was the common denominator. He's the champion. He's got two of those Super Bowl rings. Really cool stories he tells about this. Yeah. Well, the dude is an incredible human, but he is an incredible humanitarian. He's a pretty nice human specimen, too. If uh, I do say he so. is a handsome fella. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. And Amy got to come up and be there after a weekend that I spent with Chris Long and some of the guys we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with. To me, a war hero that had three different... Uh, Broadway plays written about his life. Elliot Ruiz, shout out to you, bro. I love you, man. And we just reminisced. We talked about life. We talked about why we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which was to give people clean water through Water Boys and also fight for the forgotten. They helped us raise funds as well. And I remember telling those guys and Chris and me, you know how before a fight, you try to get your head ready, but maybe people don't know that, but you you know, before you, do uh, you see yeah. people you know, in the locker room before they go out for the Super Bowl, before they run through that tunnel and that coach is giving them a speech. This is where you, what you've worked your entire life for. This is why you trained. Well, we had to train to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I had to climb uh, the tallest mountain in Colorado. I think it was Mount Elbert is the name. And I snowshoed up that mug in a snowstorm, early snow falling. And I also climbed Mount uh, Chavano. And the NFL Network did a documentary. It's called All the Way Up. And we use that song on repeat, All the Way Up. And uh, that's how we got the title of the documentary on NFL Network. And I remember Chris and me just talking to the guys and other other fellows too. We had NFL champions. We had military veterans. I remember us talking to them. Remember, with every footstep. You've had supporters that donated to this cause. I got to raise more than $2 per every foot of elevation. Over $30,000 as a team. I was, it was over 38,000. I think I raised 40 something, 50 something. And then as a team, we did over 180 something thousand dollars to drill wells for people in Tanzania. Fight for the forgotten, help drill a well in Tanzania. And um. We got to go on those water walks with those kids. We got to go to the school where they were going to get clean water because they were filling up their jugs that were from a dirty, filthy water source. And they had to take that to school with them. If they wanted any sip of water, they had to collect it before they went to school. And babe, these water jugs were paint cans. Mm. They were oil, like think of like a mobile oil that you go get your oil changed with. Wow. It was like, that was their containers to drink at school. I remember one was like paint thinner. Oh my God. And it's like, oh my God, this is this kid's like container for water. Other ones were vegetable oil container, like whatever plastic jug they could have. And so I was able to remind the guys on the climb 
The person that wins usually has the most reasons. It's the person with the most reasons that usually wins. When you feel like turning around, don't. Remember, don't unless you know you need to because you're you're going through some medical emergency, which we had a couple people turn around. Anyways, Chris Long and I dive into a lot of stories, how he started Water Boys, the Chris Long Foundation, what what are some of his driving sources, and what I really love about him, one of the things he was honored with was the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. The reason is because of his foundation. The reason is the impact he's making in the world. He's helped kids in education in the United States. He's helped a lot of our war heroes and military veterans. He's also helped many people across the globe drilling a lot of water wells with some of our friends at World Serve, an awesome organization. And he's helped me with Fight for the Forgotten. We felt each other. And I think it was it was a fun conversation, wasn't it? Yes. Oh my gosh. So fun. I'm really glad. Hilarious. Great. <laughs> inspiring. Everything you want. Yeah. We also had Nancy in the house with us. That's his uh, stuffed raccoon mm-hmm. with a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. So we recorded this from his studio in Charlottesville, Virginia. I was a guest on his show. If you'd like to go check that out. It was a marathon. It is the green light. Hours Chris of long. podcasting. Yep. And thanks for, thanks for letting me sit in. I had a good time. Yeah, I'm really glad you were there. Thanks. So buckle up, buttercups. Stick around to the end because we do have an overcome story to share this We week. do. I'm so excited. I haven't heard it. Amy, you sure haven't. Amy filters those. And so I'm excited for <laughs> it. I'm waiting till the end. Please yeah. wait with us. And a little order of business is you can like, share, follow, subscribe on YouTube, on Spotify, anywhere you get your Apple podcast or your podcast like Apple, you can leave us a review and that will help this show grow, grow our impact, drill more wells, build out a hospital that we just talked about with a maternity ward and maybe a pediatric center, but definitely an emergency room and triage place where people can be taken care of. And we're going to build a school. And so by supporting this podcast, you support real people with real hearts, with real problems really overcome those so thank you for listening that sounds like uh, i'm just taking a recording here too in case we want to start of a race car video game (laughs) that's what i do over here i actually actually just play video games hydro thunder over there or something (laughs) what if she was (laughs) that'd be awesome What's that? What's that game? Cruising USA. Cruising USA. Cruising USA. She's just over there playing cruising USA. I totally miss cruising USA. <laughs> what, what vehicle would she drive? What color? Like a yellow. A yellow uh, like a Ferrari. Ye- gold. No, like a no, yellow gold. classic car. Like a, a cool gold classic car. Yeah. Yeah. A gold Barracuda. Yes. Yeah, maybe if she wants a muscle car. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe she a likes muscle, muscle car. Cars. Muscle I car. Do. I do. Yeah. What are you driving if you're in uh, cruising USA <laughs> with your hair swinging out the back? Uh, you know what my real car is? What? Real life. Real life. You have, what do you have? I call it the red sled. What is it? It is a Fiat 500. Oh, that is fucking Red nice. with a black convertible. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, right? you, you should uh, never have a car that you can't put the top down. Yeah, I, I, I'm able to put the top down. Amy likes it. I do. But you tell them why it. you have it. Ah, because uh, <laughs> this year mm. will be my eighth year. To be Santa Claus. No way. Yeah. No, my ninth year. 
By right, p.m., hey, right? put a pin in that. I want to ask Maybe? him about Santa Claus when know. we get going. Yeah. When I was 25, yeah. that's when I first started playing uh, Santa Claus. Uh, I'm going to definitely <laughs> ask you about this on my phone. Because by the time I'm 45, yeah. I'll have 20 years of Santa experience. Are you real? That's one of the most experienced Santa Clauses <laughs> out there. And I'll just be coming into my prime. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll still be 20 years away from my Santa prime. Dude, Santa Prime is definitely 63. So you got so much time, dude. I got time. To to hone your your craft. Yeah. What's your strategy as a Santa guy? I I look up to my uh how do you say it? I look up to those that came before me. Your forefathers, your four, my forefathers. Your four Santas. Yeah, I try to get coaching from them. Yeah. On how to be the best Santa possible. <laughs> yeah, well, what if a kid asks for something unrealistic or you do you tell him like, hey kid, that's fucked up. Like your parents aren't getting you a quarter. Uh, Santa doesn't cuss. Okay. <laughs> First. <laughs> First and foremost, Santa doesn't cuss. He doesn't, no. No. He doesn't do much of anything. Don't tell my kids that though. Uh he does. Look at this. <laughs> this is in Oklahoma. Yeah. You're Oak- you go to Oklahoma to do the Santa stuff. Depends. You can uh, I, I go all over the world to yeah. do the Santa stuff. All the homes in one night. Oh my God, you legitimately make yourself not look as young as you look. Like that white beard is incredible. Look yeah. at all the cheer you're bringing. A lot of cheer in that photo. How hot is it in that damn Very, very hot. I yeah, that's drink the thing. Lights. I wouldn't do any warm weather Christmases. I get, I get, a, I get one IV a week yeah. during Santa season. Oh. Uh, but here, here's why I'll really do it. Ready, me? Let me see. Scroll left. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the that's the payoff right there. That's the children's hospital. That's beautiful. So I'm gonna go to the Dell Children's Hospital in Austin that with Amy. So cool. And Amy's gonna be Mrs. Claus. Oh, you gonna be Mrs. Claus. Well, that's the plan. <laughs> Can you see ours, Mrs. Claus? White hair. Uh, yeah. You just got oh, yeah. I've it's... already got some. I'm good. I'm on nah, I, hey, listen. She's the hottest Mrs. Claus around, right? <laughs> gotta be, dude. Gotta be. I didn't, I've never actually seen a, a Santa Claus at the mall with a Mrs. Claus unless I just was like zoomed in on Santa as a kid. Uh, so you guys might change the game. We might. Oh, uh, we will. Because at 45, it's my plan. This, was, this is on my goals list. Yeah. Chris, I'm sharing yeah. something intimate with you. I love this. I'm going to be the youngest Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade Santa. Oh times. my God! Check these so goals 45. out. Check these goals out. 45. Dream big. Dream big. <laughs> you didn't get in it to just dream do, big or go home. Do the Oklahoma City Mall, dude. No, Mm-mm. we're Austin Dell Children's, which is a big step yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. from the Oklahoma City Mall. Is it? You throwing shade at the Oklahoma City Mall? No, I'm just saying Dell Children's oh, Children's Hospital. Okay, that's, got that's it. Yeah, well, fuck yeah, dude. We're yeah. not comparing a mall to a no chance. That's what I was saying. That's some really rewarding stuff, though, because you know what? Like, do you know how much he gets paid? Who Santa? Who you? Well, I, I've never been paid in eight years. Okay. I've always volunteered. Okay, good, good, good. But I'm going to take some money good. for it. Okay, eventually. <laughs> At Macy's. When you get to Macy's, you yeah. got to You, gotta you know how much he gets? Uh, the Macy's guy? Yeah. For one day. One day? For the Thanksgiving Day Parade and the season. Oh, okay, yeah. At Macy's. $75,000. Wow. It's low. <laughs> how much? Do you think he makes one fifty? I've this is a new market to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Take one fifty, double it. Yeah, double it uh-huh. to three hundred, and add another fifty thousand to it. That is incredible. And that's right now. I mean, you that's still right got now. ten years. Ten years. So, 
Oh, I'm, I'm getting half a mil. Dude, the, the, I'm asking for it. the ascension from volunteerism to like making half a mil for a season is going to be incredible. Are you going to be able to handle the lifestyle change? I'm going to let Amy handle the finances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Claus is. Yeah, don't be like a, lo- a lotto winner or something. Like just unravel, get 350 like in one Santa season all of a sudden. Um, so the Marble Falls Santa? Yeah. That's outside Austin? Yeah. He isn't even Santa in Marble Falls, yeah. but he's hired for six weeks a year. He's retired. Yeah. This is all he does with Mrs. Claus, his wife. Uh-huh. He gets $250,000 to fly to Hawaii and stay in a suite, a penthouse suite for six weeks, and he's just Santa and for be Santa. six weeks. Well, that makes sense to me. 250000 Can I tell you why that makes sense? No, what? Well, it makes sense because it's so fucking hot in Hawaii, so I feel like Hawaii Santa should be paid... Double. Exponentially more than like an, an Oklahoma City Santa. No offense yeah. to Oklahoma City, but that's why I never got paid there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all. That's all. If you were sweating, you got to take money. Okay. Yeah, I would renegotiate. I came into it by chance. Who met you? Being Santa and made you Santa. I was invited to the Dallas Mavericks family and friends night. Yeah. You know the story? Yeah, you do. And I walk in, and there's like the Dallas Mavericks cheerleading coach, the makeup artist. And someone else. But they run up to me and goes, you can save Christmas. And I was like, no, what? what? And, the, and the girl looked at me and she goes, I'm not making this up. Yeah. Santa called. Mm-hmm. Santa called in sick. He's not going to make it. All the kids are waiting for him. The uh, Mavericks Santa called in sick? Yeah. The Mavericks don't have a backup Santa? That was me. No, but I did. Imagine if you didn't walk through the door that day. The Mavericks are shit out of luck. You don't not have a backup shooting guard. You need a backup Santa. <laughs> hey, you could pass for Santa. You also could pass for Chris Stapleton. We talked about that this weekend a lot. We put you in your sunglasses, and I told my friend that uh, that runs this bar here, I got Chris with me. He's like, Chris, who? I'm like, Stapleton. It's no big deal. <laughs> and so they were like, let's let's get you in the back room, all this stuff. Had people asking him for autographs. Oh, yeah. For real? Yeah. I took pictures with some people. They didn't even tell me that. What? I took some pictures. We just need to get you that sick hat he's got. I need a hat, Amy. Just like uh, McGill. McGill. The raccoon. McGill or the Nancy. raccoon or Nancy. Yeah. Looks more like a Nancy. You don't even know the song. There we go. See, you know the song? Of course. Beatles. Okay, yeah. Because some people, like 90% of people are like, why the fuck did you name your raccoon? Yeah, why? That's what I was asking. Well, there's Rocky Raccoon as a song. And I didn't like the Beatles for a long time. Um, I just wasn't into them. And I started getting into them in the last five years. And one of the songs that really took me down that rabbit hole was Rocky Raccoon. Because they were kind of doing this folky thing. You know, they were kind of imitating American music. And there's this line in there, the guy that um, Rocky Raccoon... Uh, his wife ran away or his girlfriend ran away, wasn't it? Yeah, and her name was McGill, but she it's, called herself Lil, but everyone knew her as Nancy. Was Nancy. So I was like, you know, he's a raccoon, Rocky Raccoon. Wow. Nancy's got to have a name, and so it is. So it is. <laughs> she's a beauty. <laughs> and so it is. Yeah, she found a happy home, man. Could Does have that been, hat fit you? Uh, yeah, yeah, it fits me. You want me to wear it the rest of the pod? Maybe, or should I try to wear it? There's no chance that hat is fitting you, dude. <laughs> you or my dad have the two biggest craniums like of all time, bro. My dad mine's, wears an eight and like a... Mine's bigger than this. You guys go head to head. 
baby. Two <laughs> prolific hairstyles too. You see the flat top on that guy? Yeah, why don't you have one of those? I mean, I, I have like a, a flat top mullet thing, a blowback mullet thing going. I like it. Do you fan it? I don't fan it. I kind of just- Blow dry? I air dry. I towel dry. What I do is I just- With the towel. And then I do that. it's dry, yeah. yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, and then I ride with the window open. Like if I can ride with That's the window- That's where you get the blowback. You get the blowback that way. So it's like um, a blow dryer without having to, you know, leave it plugged it in, up. which makes yeah. me nervous. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> I am proud of you. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I'm trying to get like you up top. He's one of the most handsome men I've seen. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, go to the YouTube. In Charlottesville over the last two hours. Um, yeah. Hey, thank you for doing one? my podcast in your studio. Dude. L thank you for letting me do We're, that. We're at this point, we are really tight. I mean, we've spent weekends together. We've climbed mountains together. Yeah. We've been halfway around the world together. So. Yeah, dude. Me studio as Sue studio, as they say. Thank you. Yeah. Is that how they say it? Yeah. See? See. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, you look comfy you. in that chair, though. I am. You're sinking into it. I'm sinking into it. I'm mine. sinking into right, it. There wasn't a, a lumbar. We forgot that. Hey, we did forget the lumbar support. Hey, it's can, okay. Taylor! I just, I yelled to my producers who are awesome. Like, they're like, my kids, and it's not cool. Reed gets tired of that shit. Your kid is super tough. Waylon? Yeah. Yeah, he's really tough. He's, he's going to have a shiner. He's stubborn too. Yeah, his Did face he have a shiner a little? little? It, it, not quite a shiner, but you know, you guys hit it off pretty quick. At the we hit it set. off. Yeah. I, I, it was pushed away the place. <laughs> hey, buddy, we just need some lumbar support for Justin. Can you get a small pillow? And we can set it on his lower back. Oh, look at that. We'll, we'll put my co-host's face right in your lower back. There. Is that Mason? That's Macon, yeah. Hey, hey Macon. Making bacon. Comfy co-host. Comfy co-host. I like fun. this. He has fun with the name. The, I like your studio a lot. Do you lot. mind if I do this on your podcast? No, I don't mind. Okay. I just... Uh... There's a squirrel behind you, too. A squirrel with a cowboy hat. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's two squirrels. They're dueling. I see one. Oh, uh, are they back to back? Yeah, you know... Squirreling... Wait, dueling squirrels. Yeah, they get. We make them get along. They look like they don't get along, but they get along. Who would have ever come up with the idea of two? Like, Nobody. Squirrels? Well, the problem is like we threw this fucking studio together in a couple weeks. Like we just, hey, I wanted to do a podcast, and I'm a procrastinator. I'm disorganized. We were starting this whole thing, and then one day we were like, well, shit, we're gonna shoot tomorrow. So we were like going around all these little shops, and I just, ha I guess, I have a thing for you know like small taxidermy that doesn't offend anybody. You know, I can't come in here with like you have an a affinity for taxidermy. Small taxidermy. It's non offensive. Yeah, like I don't want to see a business. Big, yeah, non offensive taxidermy. You should start like an eBay. <laughs> nobody's going to get page. Nobody's offended that the, the, the fucking thing that takes your garbage is on my podcast standing up. You know, no. like and, people, and, people get mad and, about a lion and, and that sort that, of thing. But is that emasculating it by putting a female wig on it? I don't know if it's a male or a female, to be honest. I like to think of Nancy as a female. I do too, hence the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brother. Well, I'm, I'm, okay, so I'm really excited you are on my podcast. I'm really excited too. I'm really excited because we call it Overcome. Yes. What we love to remind people is that you, me, we yes. have overcome 100% of our darkest days. Absolutely. Yeah, we've overcome 100% of our darkest days. Amy, haven't you seen a good response from people 
to just that quote that you have overcome 100% of your darkest days. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And, you know, you give, I just want to shout out people that, you know, are just living life and overcoming their darkest days. Not even like yeah. people that have, you know, attempted suicide or anything like that. Of course they have, but just like regular yeah. people. I think yeah. people's problems, everything's relative. So you can look at things and compare and be like, well, that person's got it tougher. That person got it easier, but everybody's fighting a little something. Yeah. yeah. And it feels big no matter who you are. And it might be really big, you know, objectively, but um, yeah, I think it's important to think like when you pass somebody or on the street or something, if you can consider that they're probably going through something, we only see the tip of the iceberg with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's cool what you're doing, man. Thanks. What, what inspired you to start your foundation? Um, how old were you? Oh gosh, I was in my twenties. I was a young man. Well, um, I was probably 28. Um, it was like my fifth year in the league, fifth, sixth year in the league. And at this point, I was feeling like I had a lot of personal success, um, you know, objectively on the field. You know, one of the the better players in my position in the league and very happy. And, um, you know, we weren't winning a lot in St. Louis, but I was, I, I was a stud back then, I guess. You know, like I can look back and say that. I was young. Uh, but I also had a big platform and I wasn't using it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't because I wasn't a good dude or whatever. Like, uh, you know, I was doing a lot, but I was doing things on the low and I kind of had a hard time being a self promoter, which is a thing you and I have to do to actually yeah. make any kind of difference. But at that point I didn't think about it that way. I thought about it. Like, I don't want to be that like guy who people get tired of talking about what he's done positively or, you know, uncomfortable asking for money. I also know that everybody has a cause and I'd have to compete with a lot of good dudes in the locker room to solicit funds from the community. And so we did things quietly, like we'd do furniture drives or we'd work with the Boys and Girls Club here in Charlottesville. Uh, my wife and I, Meg, uh, we were into education. We'd work with the military, but I didn't want to put it out in the forefront. And one day I woke up and I said, you're kind of an idiot, dude. Like if you're a pragmatist, which I claim to be, you know, um, you're leaving money on the table for people who need it because you're free to ask. You're well, you're just worried to look like that yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it took me a while to just say, Hey, I totally relate with that. You know what I mean? And so it took me a while to just say, Hey, fuck it, man. Like, um, we have so many awesome fans in our league that are so passionate about what we do. They're waiting for instructions on like how we can help. Like fans, yeah. uh, fans have asked since the beginning of time, like, I want to know more about athletes. Like that's why we have 24 hour news cycle with sports. That's why player pages are blowing up. That's why you and I have hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers because they want to know more. So tell them, you know, like what, what you're passionate about and see if they're into it. And, yeah. and that's what we did. And so I went to Tanzania about the same time and that's where Waterboys kind of started for me. Yeah. I mean, it just worked out. It was like, I was in the process of starting a foundation at that point, I think we were working in homelessness a lot, education. But um, I got to Tanzania. I climbed Kilimanjaro, which is a whole other sidebar, but um, came back and just kind of said, this is where I start. You know, like, if you wait around trying to figure out, like, what the worthiest cause is, um, why this place, why this cause, like, you'll never make a difference. Paralysis by analysis. Yep. So overthinking. Yeah, which I do all the time. But Stinking in this case, thinking. In this case, I didn't. You know, I just was kind of, I was a little bit moved by, you know, the people I met there. And, you know, you can relate to that yeah. in a, a yeah. thousand fold. Um, but 
I said, let's start with water. This makes a lot of sense. Pragmatically, this is like one of the best ways to, to change the world. I mean, uh, when I give to something, I want to know why, how, what. I want to know where my money's going. All those questions are answered dealing in water. Yeah. Yeah. You'd meet the people. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time we went, I went to climb Kelly. I took a teammate. His name was James Hall. Is James Hall. He's still here. Love him. Uh, he was like my, my mentor in St. Louis. And actually the first year that James Hall and I played, I was drafted to kind of take his position. And that wasn't fair because he was better than me. You know, I was a rookie. I was green. And that's the way it goes in the NFL. They, you know, they force you into the lineup and it's always the old guy that gets screwed over. And he was that guy. We didn't talk for a year and a half. Wow. He didn't say a word to me for a year and a half other than if I was lucky and I didn't know the call on like third down, he might yell the call at me, follow with like asshole or something. Um, but we got really tight and we took this trip. Like uh, eventually once I think he trusted me, we were boys. And so I was like, let's go to- This was your first trip? Yeah. So I, so I said, I want somebody to climb Kilimanjaro with because I can't go alone. I guess I could, but my wife would never let me. She hates when I go to like the movies alone and shit, <laughs> let alone Killy. So uh, Jeff Fisher had just been hired as head coach of the St. Louis Rams. You know him with the mustache. Awesome dude. He had gone up with wounded veterans and was showing me pictures in our first meeting and, um, and he had just signed me to a big deal. So I was really thankful. And, you know, we hit it off right away. Um, and the last thing I think he probably wanted to hear was, oh, I'd like to climb that mountain this off season if that was possible. Can you hook me up with your, your folks over there? And I guess he couldn't say no, but that's a big risk for a guy that, that, you know, usually we just work out and stay home. But I was getting a little stir crazy starting the foundation. And I went over and, um, and I had a ball, man. And I got to be honest, and I think I've told you this before, I would love to have an elevator pitch where I'm like, man, there was this moment I was at this village and I saw somebody drinking unclean water and there was this epiphany and I could do this whole slow motion thing, play it out in my head. Um, but that's not how it went. We climbed the mountain. I talked to certainly a lot of our porters who told me about water scarcity um, as far, you know, and also food insecurity and all the other things that are dealt with in, in East Africa and a lot of areas. But, right. Um, I was more moved by just people's resilience. Is it resilience or resiliency? Yeah. Amy, do you know that word? I think it's resilience. Resilience. And resiliency. It can be both. They're resilient people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, resilience, grit, fortitude. Yeah, just like, man, oh, the things that I was walking up the mountain complaining. And I'm a tough guy anyways, I guess. I spent a lot of time outside and shit. But like you just having all these weak thoughts. And I'm just looking at dudes half my size hauling God knows what up the mountain. And when they come home, they're going to get a week off and then they're going to go right back up the mountain. And when you hear what these guys are making, you're just like, we are soft. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are problems that need to be solved here, yeah. but we can also be a little bit soft. And I'm just looking at, at these guys and gals there and seeing what they're dealing with, seeing the, the outdoor plumbing, the contaminated water, the whole thing. I didn't have a focus until the last day I was there. I was there one last day. Me and James Hall went to a bar, the bar we've been to down there at the bottom of that hotel in, in Mount Meru. Yeah. Um, and it took two IPAs because you're just drained from the trip. I mean, that, that climb, you know, it's like a, it's a challenge. Yeah. And somebody walks in and says, uh, hey, Chris. And I'm like, dude, we're in Tanzania. Who the, like, no, it's another Chris. I turned around, it was Joe Buck who does um, commentary for yeah. Fox. So I know him because yeah. he worked with my pops. And he was there with Doug Pitt, our guy. Oh, well, yeah. So I said, what are y'all doing? They joined me for a beer after we got over the small world stuff. 
uh, they were like, we're going on a water project tomorrow. Do you want to go? And I was like, damn, looking at my flight. I'm sorry, I can't make it because it just was too close. Um, and I left. And it just kind of stuck in my head. Doug kind of painted the picture and colored in the lines um, when it came to what is needed in the most dire way. And how can we make a really big difference there? As a traveler, as somebody who had a beautiful experience and people took care of me and they were very stoic like we talked about and like just really impress, impressive folks, man. Yeah. Meet Maasai tribesmen that know three languages, us dumb Americans were <laughs> like, uh, you know, trying to talk slower or something. Like we're idiots. You know, this guy's brilliant. Yeah. But talking to the tribesmen and seeing the way they were living, it was like, it doesn't add up. Yeah, my translator spoke seven languages. I was like, these guys and gals deserve so much better than, they're yeah. so industrious, so yeah. creative, so loving, so warm. And I was like, I'd love to help. So Doug and I were working on something else in St. Louis called Care to Learn. And the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge was happening. And I was like, holy shit, dude, we got a lot of water that we can just dump on each other for a very good cause. I was like, why can't we get behind this on a viral level and bring athletes together to do this? Like in the NFL, I know guys who have done wells uh, but they're usually one off. A lot of them are hand pumps. And I had heard about the solar stuff. Um, and I thought this is a, a niche that we could occupy. And I know guys will get behind this. So it's been a hell of a grind, like building it to where it's reputable because it is such as, you know, an outside the box problem, you know, unless Americans are dealing with it, we yeah, don't seem to, we don't, we don't understand. It doesn't compute. Yeah. So it's a challenge, but we've, we've grown it and we've, we've served half a million people. Um, and How many wells is that? That's over 100 now. So, wow. yeah, we started with a goal of 32 wells. Uh, we've done most of our work in Tanzania and Kenya. Um, we also do domestic work now. So, like single family homes, we're getting into schools um, and, you know, trying to pair the domestic work with the international work. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, wait, the domestic side, single family homes. Yeah. What do you mean? So a lot of times like- Doing we did, a well for him? Yeah, like like you'll have a family, like we just went down to Suffolk and these folks uh, had a contamination issue and Suffolk is like three hours south of here. A lot of rural folks with bad water. Wow. You know, like we yeah. hear about the Flint, uh, which is a huge bureaucratic nightmare and it needs to be fixed and I don't get it. Um, I don't get why this is so hard. There's a few million people living in this this country where we have so much, but we're overlooking the water issue. and Wow. Yeah, so we so we're we're chipping away over a million people. Oh yeah, well over a million people. I think it's like two million people in the United States that wow. don't have access to clean water in some capacity. So, like, it's crazy. That's right under our wow. nose. Wow, that is right under our nose. But and also, I didn't that, really know that. I that, knew from overseas. That helps us though too, because yeah. not we want to eradicate the problem, but highlighting the problem helps us internationally because right. it's it's a it's a way in for people to say, oh, this is a big problem. My neighbor has this problem. They don't have half the issue that somebody in East Africa has. Like the 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 humanity, like, dude, we need this to live. Yeah. You know, so we we've done projects in Texas, Virginia, and that's a little bit of a slower build. It is We're, two million, by the way. Yeah. I just wow, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. I know that on what is it, Native American reservations? It's really bad. It's they're very underserved. Yeah, we're we're, we're like starting they don't to work. have yeah. running water at all. It's bad, and the pandemic was bad, man. Like you know, we were trying to do some relief stuff uh, on Navajo Nation. That was like our first little foray into trying to help. Where is that? Uh, out west, so like New Mexico, New Mexico. and um, we hadn't been able to get on though because 
of COVID. Like they couldn't even get people in to do the projects. And so like when you're asking people to wash their hands, stay clean, you know, like, hey, we're all trying to fight this thing together. You didn't even have running water in your, you know what I mean? Like you don't have running water in your house, not alone, let alone clean water. They don't even have a place to wash their hands. Wow. So, you know, not generalizing, but the, the, it's a bad deal. Yes, it's a terrible deal. Yeah. I mean, without water, I, I think lack of water robs you of dignity. Mm -hmm. Like the dignity to take care of yourself, take care of your kid, take care of your family, be able to keep yourself healthy, fight disease, and be able to, you know, stay clean, yeah. wash. I didn't know that it was that much here under our own noses. Dude, it's Two incredible. Million. Think about kids. Like, okay, think about you and me as athletes. I always say this, like, and this is one of the most, for to tell other athletes, like, this is a big deal. When we're really dehydrated. Yeah. And we don't, not, we're not even talking about having waterborne illness. We're talking about just being dehydrated. We all just, like, fold, like, lawn chairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whether <laughs> My you're... My calves start cramping the feet. Mentally. Yeah. So, like, you can't think. You can't focus. So imagine being a kid and being having dehydrated. to be, be perpetually dehydrated, but not even know that's the problem. Yeah. So like, hey, we've never been hydrated. We have a water fountain. It doesn't work. So y'all can't use the water fountain at school. Where are kids filling up their water bottles? What they're doing is they're bringing sugary drinks to school instead. I'm just hydrating with ginger ale or whatever. Yeah. And so like, even in a first world country, like this problem exists in a very like subtle way. And so how do these kids learn? I had a hard time learning. I had everything. So I just imagine a kid's got nothing, that kid's dehydrated, trying to focus on school. Yeah, so beyond the- And hungry too. And hungry. When they're hungry, they're real distracted. And you know the family thing, bro. You, you spent way more time over there than me, and you've been in the trenches on this thing. But like, I just always think when I go over there, these folks we meet, they gotta put their small children to bed not knowing where the next, well, they know where the next sip of water's <coughs> coming from, and it's brown. Yeah. And when my wife sees the thermostat is at 73 at home, she's like, is Luke okay? <laughs> I think he's okay. Yeah. You know, but that just to illustrate, imagine it was your kid. Wow. It's not just the thermostat is off. Like all the things we worry about in American society, taking care of our kids, can't even hydrate your kid properly in, in places like, <sighs> yeah, it's nuts, dude. Yeah. So. That's wild. How much money have y'all raised, you think? <sighs> water boys i mean our goal is to raise well i don't want to open the books completely but we've raised way more than i thought like we've raised millions and millions of dollars but wow congrats yeah i mean yeah like millions and millions not tens of millions yeah, yeah like we're sure. in the you know probably six million dollar range i'll check with nicole it's awesome yeah yeah congrats thank you appreciate it as a foundation not as like uh you know water boys alone so yeah 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 that's incredible, man. Yeah. Like how rewarding. It was so rewarding to me. And what I, I would love you to rift on this a little bit mm -hmm. or share. I would go on the water walks with every village yeah. we drill water, water for. So that way I would know what they were oh, yeah. going through, but I'd also have our well drillers do it with us. Yeah. Cause I wanted them to not forget what this village right here was having to do every single day. Right. So we'd always start with that. But man, to then go to the climb after doing a water walk with those kids at yeah. that school that yeah. were using the jerry cans that weren't even for water. Yeah. They were using fuel, jerry cans, oil, jerry cans, yeah. like motor oil. Um, I think like fertilizer, all, all sorts of different cans. Yeah. 
and some were paint cans, and that's what they're using for their jug of water at school. But the thermostat's too high, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's not me taking a shot at Meg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, we always, I always <laughs> bust her chops about this, but like, you know. Amy, what do you think about this? Thermostat, what's the ideal thermostat? temperature 72 okay <laughs> <laughs> but i i don't know we go back and forth with that we said it at 68 a lot. but i get it i'm i mean like i'm spoiled like we everybody all else are. like really bad yeah, yeah. we all are and, Not you. and i'm in austin we all are yeah we I'm, all are but i was just we saying there that's always a, a debate we always compare up we never compare down right everyone's that deals with depression is normally comparing themselves up saying i don't have this or i should have that or i thought this would happen and this didn't happen you're so right yeah you're so right actually when you put it that way comparison's the thief of joy it is and you that's compare, one of the, you one of the truest truest statements ever huh yeah i mean and that's all we do now <laughs> you compare our highlight reels oh my god it's On a total media. highlight reel yeah well, you're in a bunch of highlight reels for your career. Yeah, but even then, it's a, there's a microcosm. Is like I'm not going to post my shitty plays. No, not unless they're really funny. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. they aren't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, on social media, I might post my shitty plays. Like I'm, I'm, I'd like to be a little bit more authentic than like, and I'm sure you would too. Like, and you've talked about oh, yeah. ups and downs, but like. You know, I'm making my podcast. Like I'm talking here. I never want it to be like a highlight reel of my life. You know what I mean? Because yeah, for that reason, I don't want anybody like. And I also don't want to hold myself up to an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, or standard. Somebody meets me and they're like, "He's uh -huh. not Superman." No shit. I didn't advertise myself to be <laughs> that type of thing. That's good. Yeah, as an athlete, it can be weird like that. What was it like being one of the most handsome players in the oh. NFL? <laughs> well. <laughs> uh it was easy on the st louis rams and then i went to new england <laughs> <laughs> there's a bunch of handsome fellas huh? fucking julian edelman uh tom brady looks like a um he looks like a male model yeah what's the what's the movie uh i'm, I'm blanking because of all the beer i drank this weekend around you uh zoolander it looks like a, a zoolander set with the extras and everything a yeah lot, a lot of male model looking motherfuckers in new england it's true is humbling uh what's his name grok grok no, grok's caveman Gronk. Gronk. <laughs> not grok he's a he's a total Gronk. caveman yeah grok he got crushed in the ribs last night oh that looked like it hurt tampa bay yeah he plays for tampa he came out of retirement to do it you know what i mean it's gangster yeah dude that's tough turn that switch off and then How turn it he? back on he's got to be 32 32 mm -hmm. It's old in football years, dude. How old did you play till? 34? 30, 33. Yeah. 30, 33 or 34. I retired at 34. Yeah. I keep forgetting how old I am. How old are you? 36. 36 I think. Um, Terrell Owens has his own candle. He does. He sent them to us. Uh, is that desire or is that? Dedication. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> my my co-host likes Pool with intent. <laughs> yeah, dude. The whole thing. It's got a whole um, undertone to it. Undertone. Yeah. Dedication. Yeah, pull with intent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um no, nah, but thirty-four is about like, hey, for me to retire at thirty-four, and I'm always curious about this in MMA. Heavy my... heavyweights get better with age. That's the thing, dude. I've seen But lightweights they retire with age. Is it because of quickness and speed? Speed and quickness disappears first. That's what goes fast. And then strength 
and experience, maybe skill. Yeah, so you're you're gonna be around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> call no, me Chris. Call, but me, it, call me the new Chris. Yeah, in the NFL, um, the Hansel, handsome. <laughs> in the NFL, I think if you play in your 30s, it's kind of a like you you had a good day. You know what I mean? You still had a great day to even be there, but um, you know Gronk lived in a football sense hard like in new england it is a physical place like i don't know if there's a style of fighting that would be the the least conducive dagestan. to longevity dagestan well they're aggressive uh aka what's AKA? american kickboxing academy okay, yeah, yeah. with daniel cormier yeah luke rockhold kane velasquez yeah oh kane velasquez khabib nurmagomedov oh, that's, a, that's a bunch of bad motherfuckers if you fight that yeah. style like i don't want to it's aka American yeah. kickboxing but they would get injured yeah because they sparred hard in training because there's no way to replicate the game or i guess so yeah and egos yeah i don't know about egos they, those are all really good guys well yeah but we all have egos we all i mean how can you not have an ego you, you got to fight in front of a, a billion people like I would be so like I'm not afraid to fight people. Like I would like, hey, let's go in my office and just shut the door. You might kick my ass, like whatever. But like to embarrass me in front of like millions of people, you've got to have a strong sense of like who you are. I feel like to do what y'all do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, can be. I mean, have you lost before and you've been like embarrassed or whatever? Yeah, both times. Yeah. Both times. That's well, there's not. nobody to lean on when you're not in a team. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then I mean, the people that were with me wanted to, you know, tell me good job, stuff like that. But it, I didn't feel like they could share in it with me. It was just me. I fucked up. But and that's so also for, nice because you don't let people down other than yourself. Yeah. Or do yeah, you yeah. feel that way? No, I felt like I let them down. Yeah. I think. But I was more upset because I didn't go out on my shield. Right. Because I kept those two fights standing the whole time when 100% of the fights I take to the ground, I finish. So my ego got in the way, and I wanted to beat them where they were best. Yeah. Which is striking. It got personal. Got personal, and then it was a split decision. So one judge thought I won, two thought they won. And you that, see, like when you, when you walk into a football meeting on a Monday, and you lost, and you made a play that ruined the game... They just, and I'm not saying one's worse than the other. I'm saying like, I, I kind of feel like there's some, now the grass is always greener, but I feel like there's some, there's something good about being able to say, hey, it was me. And like, hey, I know I have a team and everything, but they're not out there on camera getting embarrassed. When I miss a tackle and it goes for 60 at the end of a game, and I got to watch it in front of all my friends in a dark room, like all Monday. And the coach is like, and you know, you then you walk to lunch and everybody's looking at you and you just feel the eyes. Like that's the thing that sucks about losing in football and being the reason. You know what I mean? Huh. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. What was your favorite Super Bowl to win? Um, Eagles? Probably Eagles. I mean, like the Patriots. You were the common denominator. <laughs> and LeGarrette Blount. And LeGarrette Blount, yeah. But not the reason. I mean... You know, when I went to New England, it was the back, the context there is like when I was in St. Louis, we lost like all the time, dude. I think we've talked about this, yeah. but like one in 15, two in 14, the whole thing. So when I went to New England, I got hurt two years in a row, totally derailed my career individually, but uh, landed on my feet in New England because Bill saw something in me or wasn't washed up. You know, you know, I was just injured. Um, and uh, that wasn't like, I don't know if there'd be a MMA kind of parallel but 
it's like going somewhere where you're not playing to your strengths, but you just want to win. And um, it's a little bit of ring chasing, which they say in basketball. It's like a really negative thing in basketball. In football, there's really no such thing. It's just handicapping, you know. And so I, I picked the Patriots. And um, the thing I didn't love about there was I was a little bit out of position. Like they were playing me in ways that helped the team, but not me. And I'm not being selfish. At the end of the year, though, at 33, you're like, if I want to keep doing this, I've won a Super Bowl now. Um, I got to find a place that's more conducive to me having longevity. And that was Philly. And um, I fell in love with that city, man. I love that place. And um, it's just so raw. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people really, it's in their blood, dude. Yeah. And it got my blood a little bit. That's awesome. And so the way we won that Super Bowl, if you know the background, we were just, we were bottom quarter of the league. Some people say we didn't get picked that low, but go back, look. We were picked to be like third or fourth in the division, which four teams. We lost our starting quarterback. There was a lot of adversity, um, but we were a very tight-knit team. And it's not like the New England team wasn't tight-knit, but they, they're like a Super Bowl factory. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like that Super Bowl was relief for me. It was like, okay, I feel like validated vindicated for all that losing you know i had a great career individually but it was a waste of time dude so to win that like it was like a release and to win the the philly super bowl was like the greatest joy of my life would it would it have been a waste of time if you had a great individual personal career but didn't win the super bowl i gotta be honest i don't know how i'd be doing i mean really yeah i don't know how i'd be doing that's interesting that just to finish strong, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it could have been anything. It, it didn't have to be a Super Bowl, but just to land on your feet. Here's where I wouldn't have been doing good. You know the way that New England Super Bowl happened? It was 28-3. to three. So we were down 28-3 to yes. three at one point. And so the, the two teams that I came down to in free agency was New England and Atlanta. So they were the two teams that ended up in the Super Bowl. And at the, first, at the end of the first half, when we're down three, four touchdowns, I said I made the biggest mistake of my life. And, you know, I had a teammate that told me, before we play the Super Bowl, I just want you to know, if we lose this Super Bowl, you're going to wish you never played this year. It's not like I'm glad I went to the Super Bowl. It is the worst feeling you will ever have as an athlete, and it will never go away. And I was like, oh, fuck. And at halftime, I was thinking... I wasted a decade of my life. You know what I mean? Like that little uh, voice in your head. But you keep playing and we busted our ass, man. We, we, we scrapped and we came back and made a few plays and the rest was history, man. And it gave me the... A few, ha- few plays. Yeah. You, know, you all played flawlessly after that, right? You had to. You had to. Like when you spot a team that many points in any football game, you're supposed to lose. And to do that on the biggest stage, it really is Tom. It's Tom's leadership. Um that was the only way. I mean, I really do believe that's why he's the greatest of all time. That Super Bowl, to me, as much as any Super Bowl that he won, that's the reason he's the greatest. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that's that. overcoming. What would you say? Adversity, setbacks, for sure. Um, a Defeat? lot of a lot of yeah. I mean, listen, when you're shell shocked like that, I don't know if you've ever been getting your ass kicked in a fight, and it's just like, damn. Like, the thing about a fight is like you could knock them out. Like you get more aggressive, I'm sure. I don't want to sound like a layman, but like you could come back out and be more aggressive and maybe end the fight. We can't could. get it back in one play. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's the fundamental thing for us is you you'd like to think a lot of people are in the locker room at halftime going, We're gonna win this game or that sort of thing. Like 
the key is, and maybe there is a parallel here, like when you're shell shocked like that, you don't try to get it all back at once. I mean, like, you yeah. know, like it is play by play, inch by inch. It really was. And if you skip that step, you're not going to get to the next one. And Oof, that's good. And, and I think you got to be really present. You got to be present, which is what, yeah. Hello. <laughs> hey, hello. Hello. That's, that's the realest thing. Like that being a grown up, figuring some things out, I, I've probably learned is trying to be present, but in a football sense, nobody was like, you know, like movie speeches. That's it was, let's get a stop. Let's get a score. I mean, Bill Belichick was calm. He was matter of fact, there's no time for being dramatic, yeah. you know, like there's time to, uh, you know, what's the problem? Let's fix it. And we got to do it one at a time. And we did it one play at a time. Wow. Yeah, it was cool, man. Would y'all come back and win by? Overtime. So, uh, uh 34 to 28, 34, 28. Yeah. Wow. It's 2017. Yeah. And so, so, so they didn't score again. They just all decided once we said, Hey, yeah, no more. Didn't. Wow. <laughs> well, all it takes, it took a spark, you know, like, you talk about, hey, don't try to get it back in one play. That's fine. But like that Dante Hightower strip sack in the third quarter, like which you're not going to remember necessarily. But if you go back and look at it, that was the turning point in the game. And everybody knew it. And, and you know, sometimes you get that big momentum lift. And everybody knows what it is when it happens. Yeah. But it's not like you go out and try to make that big play. You just go out and try to do your job, which is ironically like the Pat slogan. And if you do it enough plays in a row, you're going to win. You're going to force them to make mistakes. It's true. And when we won the toss in overtime, the defense, we took our helmets off. We were just like, hey, Tom's got the ball. We're not going to play any more football this year. You know what I mean? Because oh. they're going to go down and score. And that's what they did. It was fucking awesome. Dude. It was awesome. <laughs> he, is, he is a killer. Wow. In the coolest sense of the word. Wow. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. What a legend. Yeah, he's a badass. I think that's like a metaphor for life though. Like what you're saying, like it, there was no time for drama. You yeah. were like, let's put our head down and just, what's the next step? Yeah. What's the next step to win? Next, yeah. The next step to be successful. That's, and it's okay to feel like, it is a, like taking a step further. Some people are like, wait, you thought you were going to lose? Fuck yeah, I thought I was going to lose. I did the math. A lot of guys <laughs> on that team did the math, but that doesn't mean I you do quit. You know, like even if yeah. it's, even if it's cause I played for eight, eight years for teams that were perpetually awful. And when I tell you there's something like humiliating and emasculating about demoralizing changes your your brain chemistry playing on teams like that and i'm not talking about the hitting like i'm talking about like the just the confirmation bias that you're gonna lose but that doesn't mean you shut down like you play your ass off you try to show like you you try when people turn the, the film on they go this guy's crazy he knows he's not gonna win this game like that was the goal to play like that and so like for me that I like, love that. Just be realistic. That doesn't mean you got to quit trying. Um, you know, maybe your chances aren't great, but like you're literally here. Why the fuck not, dude? You're like, here. Show like, up. Show up, dude. Show up. So that's kind of the attitude we had. So yeah. Wow. I like that. Yeah, it was cool, man. Show up. Show up. Well, I hope you are enjoying this episode with my good friend, two-time Super Bowl champion. Chris Long, son of Howie Long, he's got a really cool dad, but man, he is a friend of this show. He's a friend of Fight for the Forgotten, and who else is a friend? Onit.com slash overcome. I love them. I love them, and I love their focus shots. Does it sound like I'm focused right now? 
I hope it does. You sound a little caffeinated, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually not. <laughs> no, I'm you're not. not. Caffeinated. I'm just excited you and I'm focused. Just get excited. Yeah. Well, they're and focused you should shots. be excited about on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They donate to Fight for the Forgotten. They support this show. They support me personally, which is honestly such a gift to be able to focus on this show and say, we're going to make this one of the most impactful shows in the world, in the podcasting game. We're going to do it and we're going to do it with the support of Onnit and their incredible products. And onnit.com slash overcome is where you can save 30% on total human or you can get yourself the focus shots, which have you ever, have you ever gone to a gas station and got yourself one of those energy shots that does over caffeinate you? Dude, I was like a different person. It was not good. Crash and burn. Uh We don't want you to burn out. We don't want you to crash. We want you to have this flow state, get into that flow state faster and stay in that flow state longer. Well, that's the gift of on it. Focus shots. Give yourself a gift. What's your favorite flavor? Uh, They're tropical for sure, because it reminds me of the passion fruit that I would have in Congo and in Uganda and roll down the hill to their little hunter boys. And if seven of them were shooting at that passion fruit, five of them would get it. And I just feel like that burst of flavor in their focus shot. But I love it. Their peach is good too. Their peach is good too. Really good. But tropical is by far my favorite. And yeah, I love it. And uh, they got new shirts. They got new apparel there. And I love their apparel. Their shirts, if if you're an athletic build at all, they have kind of a tighter fit on your arm, but they have a broad chest on them. So they 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 fit good. Good quality too. Good Great feel. Quality. And they're really affordable. Yeah. I'm always like amazed at how much they're yeah. well, they want t-shirts. you repping their brand because they know that it will get Smart. into more hands uh their 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 products, which actually help people. They help you feel better, your total human optimization. I love this company. I love that they're our first sponsor. They have set the bar. And thank you so much for getting behind Fight for the Forgotten on it. Thank you so much for getting behind this podcast. Thank you for believing in me. I've always believed in y'all, so thank you for believing <laughs> in me. And I want our listeners to believe in themselves, that they deserve a good product with the best quality so that they can be their, the best version of themselves. They can overcome 100% of their darkest days. So rise up, overcome, go to onnit.com slash overcome. Save yourself some money and feel good, feel great. And let's return to this badass show with this badass guest and Chris Long, who is making this world better. What's the most hardcore thing you ever saw Bill Belichick do? Hardcore. Um, probably rip, rip like Tom Brady's ass or rip Julian's ass or, you know, like you walk in these meetings and New England is known to be like a tough, you know, like, like a draconian type little program it is tough but like it's like anywhere else it's got its idiosyncrasies i'll tell you what's really tough is there's like losing all the time (laughs) so so like if anybody you know what i mean like i'll take that trade for the fact that like hey you know the they're a little bit more stringent on some of the rules like there's not as many windows in the building it's kind of like a black box you walk in like what happens in there stays in there like the whole thing and i mean that literally like you can't take pictures there like I saw a dude get booted, not booted, but like reprimanded heavily for like taking a selfie in front of the practice facility and putting on social. So like you, it's, it's legit. There is some sort of a black box thing going on there, but at the same time, 
the trade-off is great. And we go in there and the thing that makes Bill great is accountability and knowledge of the game. He knows football. He can walk around the field in individual period where offensive linemen go, they, they, you know, they practice over here at the beginning of practice, defensive linemen here, linebackers are here. He'll do a lap around that motherfucker and he will just coach each position better than the position coach. He'll step in and something some guy's been struggling with all day, he's like, come on, you know, like, and he just fixes it and then walks away to the next position. Wow. That's what separates him and the accountability walking in on Monday in the big room in front of everybody and justifiably ripping Tom's ass or Jules's ass the same way he ripped my ass or like, you know, a, a, a young player, you know, like whether you're a new veteran on the team or a huge contributor or he treated everybody the same. And that to me, that accountability factor starts at the top and it works its way down and it had great leadership on that team. Leadership, like, like real dudes, man. And, and Dante Hightower, don't, doesn't get enough credit, Matt Slater, guys like that. Love those guys to death. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. What do you think has been one of the toughest things you've had to overcome? The losing, man. Uh, the losing, the injuries, you know, uh, I was certainly, you know, um, you know, I struggled. I struggled a lot with that. Um, you know, I had played six years. There's a lot of pressure. You know, I'm drafted high. My dad's who he is. Like, so for me to have a good day at the office in everybody else's eyes, I got to do 30 times more than anybody else. Um, it's just, that's the way it is. And that's fair. Um, there was pressure out of the gate in St. Louis. We were bad for a year and a half. I really wasn't playing well. Like if you Google my name, it said bus next to it, which means like guy didn't work out. Bust? Bust. Like guy didn't work wow. out. You know, so. It's his first year and a half playing in the NFL. You know, in so. the article was bust. Well, not in the article in Google oh. auto. <laughs> in oh. The auto thing, which is tough when, when your mom's Googling you, you know, like yeah. just set up the Google alerts. Don't, don't, you know, they, they fill it or whatever. Um, but it wasn't just bust. It was like birthday, girlfriend, you know, all those things, all the weirdo shit. Um, well, I started catching on like two years in and, uh, and I kind of overcame that, you know, like, so there were some really dark times in that year and a half for me, because when your team's losing all the pressures on the individuals and on bad teams, it's not conducive to individuals playing Ooh, well. So yeah. the higher you get drafted, it's like bad surroundings. You know, um, and everybody's in the same boat. But I finally got on 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 the horse. Played really well for for years, um, and then I got hurt. And um, I had played in a hundred straight games. Two years in a row, I got hurt. I broke my tibia, so one of my best friends rolled into my leg, rushing. And ooh, is that what I see there? No, that's always good slaughter, which doesn't help if you've ever seen somebody with the bump on their knee. That means they deal with some knee pain, anyways. But so essentially, like the first year, it was the first game of the season. I was a captain. Like this was like, I had big goals, you know, like individual goals that, you know, I was still on pace to get. It's in the NFL, you can't take years off and still attain those goals. And the first, first game of the season, I was in best shape of my life, right? Have a great year. Got rolled up on ankle surgery. So oh. rush back. Which ankle? Right ankle. Or is it left, right? I think. No, left. I see the scar. So, so. They go, they go, you know, like, I don't know about you, the pressure of playing hurt. Fighters almost always don't fight at 100%. Yeah, and we're never 100%, but there's a difference between hurt and injured, right? Playing injured, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, well, you fight injured for sure. Yeah. But so, you always fight hurt. So the problem is when you fight injured in the pros, they just 
and you guys don't have great contracts either. I know like that's a whole nother thing, but like they'll just get rid of you and they'll pressure you to play and then hold, hold the tape against you. Like, wow. so I just rushed back. I was prideful. I was afraid guys thought I wasn't giving it my best. I was, you know, that fear. Yeah. And, um, a fear to perform or fear of man. Like, yeah. What are they going to think of me? Yeah. What are they going to think right? of me? Yeah. How do you say that? A fear of man. A fear of man? Yeah. I don't know. I'm like thinking. a performance wheel. Like uh, uh performance wheel. I would say just like peer pressure. Yeah. I would say like peer pressure. Like, and it's not even real sometimes. Yeah. All those a guys. A fear of other people's opinions of you. Yeah. And usually they're not even thinking about you. Yeah. Like they're not <laughs> even thinking about you, bro. Like they, Like when you're worried about other people thinking about you, I feel like you always want to hear that they like you. The truth is they're not thinking about you. <laughs> And that's the case, like on a team, I was a big part of the team, but the minute I was hurt, it's always next man up. So I'm walking through the hallway thinking, these guys hate me. They're my best friends in the world, bro. They're my brothers, dude. And I'm worried about them fucking thinking I'm a slap because I'm not playing with an ankle that I can't even walk, dude. I've shot things up. I couldn't walk during the week. I shot up a high ankle for an entire year. Couldn't walk, go in on Sunday and play, numb it up. And I'm still worried that people think this about me. Wow. And that's the pressure of being an athlete. So what I did is I came out and I played like shit and I got cut. You know what I mean? And that was my decision. My dad told me not to play. My fucking physical therapist told me not to play. But you know the mind of you and me. Yeah, so, I gotta play. But everything worked out. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the next, two, after two, two years, months. you know, you get lucky and land in the right place. So <laughs> yeah, but the peer pressure is a motherfucker. And Why didn't you stay thing. with the Patriots? Just because of the scheme, man. Just because of the scheme. It was literally just the scheme. I was undersized. And so, you know, they were playing me in like a three technique. So I, they were playing me like a defensive tackle on first and second down. And I was 260, you know, 265. So I'm in there like kind of just. Battling 300 pound dudes. 320, yeah. And so. 320, wow. Yeah. So. Amy, that's big. Yeah. <laughs> her yeah. face. Her face when she heard 320. You should, see, you should see my little. You're big. You should see my little brother. <laughs> His little Which big one? brother. Which one? Kyle. 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 A little big brother. Yeah, he's like six seven. He walks around at like three thirty with like mm. uh, like outlines of abs. If he's three hundred, he has. A, <laughs> if he's three hundred, he has a six pack. If no. he's three thirty, he just has outlines. A three hundred pound man with a six pack. No question. Is that what you want on me, Amy? Three hundred pounds. <laughs> you want me? No. So I got to gain like you know thirty first, pounds. yeah, and then <laughs> golly, dude. Ask Kyle to help me trim up my. Six <laughs> My my keg into a six pack. <laughs> Dude, we both got kegs after this weekend. I had a few. <laughs> that was fun though this weekend. I had for the people in the pot. I had uh, Justin and some guys on out to uh, my farm because uh, you know we do like a reunion for Kilimanjaro. Like anybody who's climbed. Yeah. And this year it's thin because of COVID and everything, but it, it was, was fun. Still, like seven eight guys and just felt good to see everybody. So you brought in some some. Uh, Country music singers <laughs> that was my, from Nashville. Yes, shout out to Galen and you Buddy. loved Galen. Galen, Galen was, was a favorite. trip, dude. <laughs> Galen was his favorite, Amy. Yeah, ask him why. Why? Because he just told stories, dude. He just had these old, old man country, country music stories. Oh, he's he, the older guy. He knew all my yeah. old favorite like artists and everything, and I just was like, it was cool. Yeah, you just might have talked a little too much. Well, I, I gave him <laughs> too much of my marijuana. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, older guys, when, they, when they're like... Um, but he was thinking he was handling it like a champ. He probably, but that's what we does. It happens to me sometimes mm. when I smoke too much. But my man was like, uh, 
you know, older guys when they're like, I used to smoke or I still smoke sometimes. Let me get a hit of that. And like some guys, we say this all the time on my pod, like in the 80s, that weed was. It's totally different now. Yeah. <laughs> they have to be careful and they don't know what to do. One of my parents' friends, man, I gave him a hit and I thought the they were going to have a panic attack. Yeah, moon landing. Oh, I used to do this all the time, every now and again. I still do it. I just heard Dave Chappelle talking about that the other day, and he was saying, man, I just, he did some with some, like, younger rappers or something in one hit. And that's Dave Chappelle. He's like a professional. Oh, yeah, and he probably has good <laughs> weed, dude. Dave yeah. Chappelle has oh, yeah. good and weed. And he was like, mm-mm. There's also a range of people now that, like, you either want some, like, 30%, like, I don't want to be able to move, or you just want to get high. I just want to get high. So like I don't need this like it's all these delivery systems now shatter butter smoking this shit and with like a do they have ghee butter ghee butter I don't know I got a raw cone and a edible and a theoretum ghee butter I what is want, ghee butter I don't want any part of any of it ghee butter yeah what is it it's like from India it's like really really buttery it's like a clarified butter a ghee is G H E ghee ghee make ghee butter for your popcorn butter. you know what ghee to me is the cool ass things that they used to wear in your sport back in the day, like the in the 90s. Mm -hmm. I'm talking GH. I know, but to me, I just made me think of that. Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. I miss those guys, dude. The guys yeah, that just, is G -I. just come out there in the GI and just kick somebody in the side of the head in a full suit. Kick them in their GI track. Or <laughs> <laughs> you misunderstand, you just come out and clarified butter, just cover. <laughs> it's called it greasing. Lost it. Is that illegal? Yeah. See, we don't want anybody out here getting ideas from the sport. Oh, really? Yeah, because you can't grab them. Can't grab them. Can't submit them. You're a grease pig just out there. Grease pig. Could you imagine me if I <laughs> if I greased up and clarified butter going out there? Would that make it harder for me to get away from you though, too? If you were like geed, mm. I mean, with the butter, mm -hmm. yeah, you couldn't get away. No, you wouldn't be able to grab on, dude. I'd just be like fucking sliding out all I your grab on. I know you probably could. I don't want to fucking challenge you to it. Mm -mm. I just did I could be a, for the first you time. Call the pig? grease pig i could be a grease pig but still i just tried your jujitsu for the first time yeah, it's it really right. cool dude you enjoyed it oh yeah yeah it was now cool think about going against me that's what i'm saying dude butter. that's i'm not <laughs> <laughs> greased up like a greased like, <laughs> vanilla gorilla albino rhino pig oh my god you do <laughs> those guys get you so tired bro yeah like that's the thing is like you're giving so much effort and that's the wrong thing. And they're just like, hmm, I'm just like, I've done this for 40 <laughs> years and I'm 30 pounds less than you. Oh, like that was some humbling shit to get in there and roll around with those cats, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's an intense sport. Yeah. People don't get it. Uh, would you say boxing's aerobic and then jujitsu's anaerobic for like, the most part? Anaerobic is the stuff that makes you really tired. I feel yeah, like it's jujitsu. Yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling will make you more tired than jujitsu. Oh, wrestling. Forget that. I don't know why people, this is a thing that people always say, but I'll just say it. I don't know why people ever talk to, uh, talk meanly to a guy with cauliflower ears at like a bar. Yeah, it's like, not smart. That's a warning sign. That's nature's warning sign. Don't fuck with that guy. <laughs> nature's warning sign. <laughs> I, I just, I just thought of that. Certain animals. Yeah, it's nature's <laughs> warning sign. Don't fuck with that guy. Certain animals have evolved. To There's have, like, a badge certain, of honor. Yeah. No, don't talk no. to that motherfucker. No. Not bad. I'm going to be nice to that dude. Need a drink, buddy? I just yeah, want you to be out. happy. Yeah. How can I make you happy? Yeah. It's a great I, question for her. How you doing? Way. How you doing, man? How you doing? Can you do <laughs> That's anything? That's what I was doing you for you this weekend. <laughs> Justin, you got everything you need. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
There's an Austin native inside of here. Yeah. Studio. Yeah. 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 Mm, sorta. I mean, no, I'm talking about Willie. Oh, good. Oh. Willie Nelson. My dude. Love that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. I was thinking your second son would be named Willie. Well, Willie Long. A lot to live up to. <laughs> he'd probably Willie be, Long. He'd probably be okay, but like, you know, at the same time. <laughs> Last just, name first. There's always a chance. Long Willie. Long yeah. Willie. You in graduation. <laughs> Long Willie. Yeah, no, he really. Awesome. He would have been. He It would have been a Willie Waylon probably. And Willie. Because, yeah, Waylon and Willie, but I got a chocolate lab and I named him Willie instead. So. You know, labs never go by their full name, and I'm not really worried about so putting him in a tough Will? spot. No, he's Willie. He's oh. Willie. So we do have a Whalen and Willie. We have a, a Luke. Willie lab. Yeah, a lab yeah. Willie. Yeah, and there was a Willie Nelson lab in the Paul Rudd movie. What's the Paul Rudd movie where? Um, I love you, man. There's a golden retriever that's Dolly Parton at the end. My, I don't know. Our idiot brother. You should check that our one out. It's brother. a really good one. What's it called? Our idiot brother. Already it. Our, our idiot, I our idiot brother. I was trying to. Our idiot. Twenty eleven. I was trying to do the media enunciate thing. <laughs> but I, uh, you, when you were saying it, I wasn't. But when wasn't I was in my twenties, I felt like that's why Waylon is named Waylon. I felt like a Waylon in my twenties. I feel like a Willie in my thirties. You know what I mean? Like you go through different stages of life with the highwaymen. <laughs> I'll probably be a Chris Christopherson in my forties, and then a Johnny after that. We should try to be a Chris Stapleson. Tim. He should have been a highwayman, bro. Mm -hmm. He was born. Do I look like a? He was born highway the man? wrong time, dude. Huh? Do I look like a highwayman? You could easily be a highwayman. He's got more of the Chris Christopherson thing going on. You know right what? Now. Nobody asked you to do this weekend. Sing, sing. <laughs> That's it's all good. They knew until it was they're rude. like, do Tennessee whiskey. They asked. They did. Yeah. And you said no. <laughs> in that voice, no. With those sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to know where your eyes are. It's mysterious. You think I was looking over there? No, I could tell. I could tell. You got to keep your eyes on the, you know. You have sunglasses inside guy a lot though? Is no. that like a move? In no. fact, and he's, he's just gotten sunglasses for the first time. Really. It's a total thing. Like it just yeah. started for him. I do the just same started. shit. I, I, I like get a new hat and I'm just like, hey. You're going to wear it? Yeah, I'm going to wear it for a couple of days. Yeah. Same thing with your shades, bro. <laughs> Same with the same. I've thing. never hung out with a lot of people with shades on. Tell, have you talked about that tattoo on your pod, or is that too personal? Yeah, you have. No, yes. it's, it's evolving. I love what he told turning, me this weekend. I was. I yeah, can't it's turning stop. into it's a, cool. Are you into the stoic philosophy thing? Uh, I'd have Chris? to hear more about it. I know being stoic is just like dealing with it, right? Or no? Am I oversimplifying? Um, it? I'll let Justin take it. This is cool. Stoicism. Stoicism. So a little bit of the thought process behind like the daily stoic or stoic philosophy and living that practice of principles out on a daily basis yeah is basically well i'll tell you what i'm getting in my arm mm. on the outside there's going to be an olympic torch but it'll be a hand holding it right here and that basically is a morphati which means um Amor fati to the love of fate. Love of fate. Love of fate. And basically the flame is the logo. Yeah. The stoic flame, yeah. which basically means use it as fuel. Uh-huh. Whatever it is, whatever comes your way. Yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly, the things you wanted, the things you didn't, the things you hated. Embrace it too. Embrace it. Yeah. 
You might as well. That's the being present thing to use it as fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Don't complain about it. Yeah. It says here, you know, teaches the development of self-control and fortitude as a means of overcoming destructive emotions. Whoa. We have, I have some destructive emotions. Great for this podcast. How do you overcome those? (sighs) How do I overcome them? I work. You just work. You just focus on what's next. Yeah. I work. I work. I spend time with my family, you know, I, I, you write what are your destructive emotions? Destructive, uh, anxiety, negativity. Really? Oh yeah. I'm a negative guy. Is it hard to see coming at him? Um, Ask Reed. Not not necessarily. (laughs) Ask my producer. (laughs) (laughs) I do it too. So I guess it's not hard for me to see it from anybody. It's just easy to get, it's easy to get bogged down in negativity. It really is. Like it's easy to, to just over it's too, it's too self-important. You know what I mean? To be like, I'm going to dwell on my issue right now. Like, in actuality, it's only an issue because you're thinking about it, depending on what it is, and you ain't. The, I'm not that important, you know. I know, so. but but uh, it forms little grooves in our brain that, you know, then our sled of thought goes down those same paths, and we just get stuck in those ruminating thoughts. Those ruminating pathways. Ruminating. That's I'm one a thing. Ruminate. Oh man, my uh, psychiatrist told me that um, a thought is an itch, and that was so powerful to me. Wow. Holy shit. A it thought's like, an itch? Yeah, bot, look at Bob. What does that mean to you? It means to me that if I'm having a rumination, if I'm having a negative thought that just pops into my brain at 1 a.m. or at 11 a, you know, p.m. or in the morning and I'm sitting there trying to enjoy something with my, my boys or something and I start thinking of something really fucked up or just scary or like, you know, then it, don't itch it. it. Yeah, don't, don't itch, itch it, dude. Scratch. And it sounds simple, but when you actually try it, at least for me, I cut down, it sounds like an infomercial. My ruminations cut down by 70% in a week. Wow. wow. No, I think that's a great analogy. And guess what? I didn't have to think about it much anymore. Like you didn't this have was, to ruminate it about was, it. It was two weeks that I was sitting there doing this thought as an it shit. And then after that, I really didn't have to put any hay in the barn. It would just change your thought patterns pretty quickly. I'm yeah. still negative. Cool. I'm still anxious. But, you know, ruminations, yeah, thought as an itch. Was powerful for me. It is very. Wow. Have I'm you ever heard that? that? No, no. And I yeah, love I've been it. to my psychiatrist yet. We're gonna have to. How often do you do you still go? Yeah, once every two weeks. Wow. Yeah, once Who I used you, to go Chris? once a week. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other, like, instead of doing it once a week, the other hour, do you feel with Bob Ross? <laughs> happy little trees. He's he is happy. He keeps me happy. The other hour I feel with Reed. The other twenty three hours of the day I feel <laughs> with, with my producer Reed. There. Nice. Reed, you must be a special guy. He is a special guy, dude. Works his ass off. Shout out, Reed. I try to be. You're handsome, Look too. at He's on multiple podcasts, too. Yeah, he's got that Burt Reynolds sash, too. I wow. appreciate She's that. She's a fan I'm... of Burt. Yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> there's no I'm only good way human. To... I'm only human. There's no good way to turn. <laughs> I look like Burt Reynolds. Burt's great looking. That's all there is to it. He's, he had a little grin there. <laughs> No, Reed, Reed works his butt off. We all, we, and you know, Matt's back there too. Shout out to Taylor. That's the fun thing of like doing a pod now is I think also when you're talking about ruminations or talking about being negative or being in a bad mood is like, we'll call somebody. Like, just talk to somebody, like be around a buddy. Like, yeah, we isolate ourselves, man. Yeah, we do. We isolate ourselves, man. You know, I love people. And sometimes I forget it when I just want to do everything myself or figure everything out myself because I'm stubborn or whatever, but yeah, like just so I spend time in here. Work is is like a family. Like you know, yeah. that's the that's the cool part good. of doing this. Replaces the team thing, you know, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
When did you come to realize you had the gift of gab? Gift of gab. Um, being in locker rooms, man, we all just argue and bullshit and argue and bullshit and debate. Arguments. What's what's uh, one of the silliest or funniest arguments you've had in an NFL locker room? <laughs> Are dinosaurs real? <laughs> one of my best friends in the world. We talked for combined 36 hours about, I don't know why I entertained it, but we talk about things like that. 36 hours of dinosaur talk? Probably combined over the course of five years together. William Hayes doesn't think they're real, thinks mermaids are real. You could do like a Land Before Time podcast. I missed the movie. I had a stuffed animal, Littlefoot. You remember Littlefoot? Yeah. Yeah. It's Land Before Time. Yeah. You'd start it without even ever, ever having watched it. Well, we could really and start then you a could podcast. could watch it and then do a breakdown of it. Probably. I mean, I'm thinking about it. Well, I'm, into it I'm into dinosaurs. We could power rank them. Amy would probably do it with you. Amy, what's your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur? I don't know. I feel like they've changed since I was young. Like, <laughs> they keep adding new ones. And I'm like, wait, what's, where's like a brontosaurus? And they're not, I don't, no one talks about that anymore. Yeah, there was like those big five, like kind of placematty dinosaurs. Yeah, T-Rex. Stegosaurus, T-Rex, yeah. whatever. A raptor. Uh, raptor, that one was and they, newer. And they that was Raptors was like, no, but you're right. The Raptors was like 90s. Like Jurassic Park Jurassic brought Park. us. 87, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you 1987? Yeah. So, so. <laughs> I'm not. Established 1987. I, I, uh, I feel like, yeah, that we just all agreed on five, six dinosaurs. And then they just, without <laughs> telling us, they were like, hey, and by the way, the raptor has feathers. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know and that? now there's a whatever a sort that were most dinosaurs in. birds, anyways. Diplodocosaurus and all that bullshit. Is that this one? I don't know, but that, the ones that spit at you, you know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another Jurassic. So part. I like just googled brontosaurus, and some and one of the questions is: Is brontosaurus a dinosaur again? So it's like they were unclassified, again. and then they were yeah, they got, classified uh, as a bird. They got the Pluto treatment. It turned into a potosaurus. A potosaurus. <laughs> they got the Pluto treatment. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah so they're, they're I don't back know. in. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, welcome back, Brontosaurus. I, I don't think. Welcome back. Welcome we back. We missed you. Quarantine. I don't think I don't, we missed you. And welcome. We're glad you're back. I don't think the I don't think Pluto's back though. I don't want to offend anybody. That's okay. I well, think Pluto might be back too. Really? Really? Mm, let's see. Why the fuck Pluto. not, dude? What's another well, dinosaur that's not? Hmm? What's a dinosaur that's been excommunicated? It's been excommunicated that we could send to Pluto. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Put one in a little space. Just suit. populate all of Pluto. Sounds With. like a Sir, this sounds like a Sturgill Simpson lyric. It's gonna be a whole song. Yeah, like there's Sturgill. Uh, listen to this. Yeah, we're gonna need to mark a clip before <laughs> this. Come back. Is Pluto a planet? It's a dwarf planet, technically. It's it a has midget not, planet. It has not I mean, cleared. It's, it's an LP. You have to clear your planet. neighboring planet. region of other objects, and it has not cleared its neighboring region of other objects. So it is officially downgraded to like, a dwarf yeah. planet. So you know what? It's hey, just a dwarf planet. A it could grow planet. into one. Can we, can we add cute? A little cute planet. Mm -hmm. That so planet. It's cold. The, look at LCP. That's some bureaucratic red tape bullshit that it's got to go through all that did, to be a did planet. Did you know again. that Bob Ross had a Nancy? Did he really? Look. A real Nancy? Oh, he had a raccoon. I, you know, I'm like anybody else. He's a pop culture figure to me. Like if he, he also has a squirrel. Not duel, dueling squirrels, but he had a squirrel. Me and Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. I just what need if, to learn how to paint. You're, who, what squirrel would win? Yours or Bob Ross's squirrel? That's a great question. I feel like yours would be more. Mine's a mine. Mine. I think mine's have little re revolvers, man. Oh wow! Yeah, you see them? You didn't see the revolvers no. in their hands? They're no, dueling, bro. It's it's 
been pointing a gun at yeah, you this whole time. Well, th- he's like, where's it at, Bob? He's like, entertain us. Wow. We, we're, Put the content out. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's yeah. what he's saying. We'll do it three times a week. You need mm-hmm. motivation. Fear. Squirrel man. Squirrel man. Sorry about the smell. It's fine. Uh, Chris? Yes, sir. What do you tell people that want to be successful? What's the most important thing? Hold on, let me let this clear out so I'm not fucking up your shot. Um, most important thing to being successful is being happy. I really do believe that. Wow. I really do. I really do. What do you think of that, that's Amy? Not, that's I not like to, that. That's not to say, like, I, it's easy for somebody who's got it made to say, hey, just be happy. Like, I'm not saying, like, everybody measures success differently, but I can also tell you that, like, being successful doesn't mean you're going to be happy. That's like, true. You know, so I think if you can have both, I would definitely not have one without the other. You know what I mean? And try to Wow. Whatever you're whatever you're you're biting off, make sure you can chew it. You know? Um and I've tried to make decisions after football that made me happy, not richer or like more successful. You know, this makes me happy doing what I'm doing now and being with my family and Yeah. You know. I like that, man. Yeah. It's it's oversimplified, but I, I really do. Now, if you want somebody to be successful in a traditional sense, you're just going to have to work. Yeah. You're just going to have to work. And if you don't want to work, you're not going to be successful. Find something that makes you want to work. Because, like, Ooh, you know what I mean? That's a good point. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's the way I feel you're about it. You're bringing the heat. Bringing the heat. Yeah. Were you happy during those years you were on losing teams? No, no, no. I wasn't even, I was questioning a lot. I was like, do I really want to, I mean, if you watch me play, you'd say, oh, he wants to do this, you know? Like a teammate would probably say, oh, he really wants to do this. He, he works his ass up. off. Yeah, yeah, showed up, worked my ass off, did everything I was asked to do, really cared a lot. But it was more like I wanted to do something. I wanted to accomplish something. I didn't love losing football games. Like I didn't love my no. job, but I just, I, I needed some, everybody needs something to wake up in the morning too. And that was it for me for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just that simple. And if I'm in that stage, I'm going to, give it my best, like a hundred percent. How would you tell, What is there something you could say to somebody that would convert that? Like if yeah. they were in that situation or if they were in that losing feeling situation, like oh, you yeah. had no guarantee you were going to come out of it. You didn't want to stay unhappy forever. Like, yeah, you what? might have went to Atlanta. I don't, I, I don't want to ever let somebody see me quit. You know what I mean? Like that's just the worst. It's the yeah. worst. And like I get people break and they quit. Like, I totally get it. I'm not a motivational speaker. Like, I don't, I also think that it's really hard for me to, like, anybody listening, if they're going through something, it's not like, hey, Chris has the answers. Cause I probably might break depending on what I was dealt, if I was dealt something bad enough that somebody out there is listening and dealing with. But, you know, I just feel like, what's the point of all this? Like, it is literally to run the race. Like, that's like, just run the race, you know? It's like, and if you don't, um, you, you'll never know who's looking at you to see, hey, does that guy quit? Because if that guy quits, like that person is somebody I look up to, whether that's my little brother or if it's like my son or if it's my wife or if it's a fan. Like, you know, we have fans. You and I have fans. Like, we were very lucky. We played a game and some people like us. When I was in St. Louis, I'll never forget how many people I've met on the other side of that eight-year period that have like shook my hand and been like, hey, thank you. Like, love you for that. And that means everything to me. And in that wow. moment, it was really rough for a long time. But like the payoff on the other side, you'll always, it'll always pay off in some form if, if you don't quit. If you just don't, don't, you know, it's futile, like maybe in some situations, but just don't quit. Like, you know, 
We sucked. We were well, they bad. say that's the difference between you know success and not really is just not quitting. There is a really <laughs> stick it, you, stick the fuck out. You just hit some Amy because because between success and like even like there was this piece of paper we used to have in the Rams D line room, corny as hell, right? But it's like a Google like uh, cartoon, and it's two guys and they're mining, and like there's a split screen and they're both just you know axe pickaxe in a way in this like mine. It's an illustration, so it's not that cool, but <laughs> it's you, not animated. No, it's not like actually moving, but you know what's going on. You set it up like it was. Yeah. I was there. There's one guy that's just hammering away, and they show him, and right on the other side, he's sweating and hammering away, and on the other side is this big ass diamond, and there's this discouraged dude with the pickaxe, and he's walking the other way below him, and he's inches away from it. And so, like, that was the thing. And we used it like when we were having bad games or we were having, you know, slumps or that sort of thing, lean times. It was like, hey, if you never know how close you are to actually getting that break, like, right. hey, we were talking about the New England game. You know, you're not trying to win the whole game right now, but you just take another swing, take another swing, and then maybe you get the break. But at the very least, you don't quit. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Very. Mm-hmm. I think there's times a lot of people quit, and it's just right around the corner was breakthrough. That's what I'm saying. Right around the corner was success. That's what I'm saying. That diamond's right there. And maybe you don't ever get it, like, fuck, dude, but, you know. Um, maybe you do. Maybe you do. Not many people get the diamonds, so, you know. Go get those diamonds. Get the diamonds, man. Ladies and gentlemen, go get those diamonds. <laughs> yeah, go to, go to, um, go to, uh, where? Brandberg Mountain? Get a, cushion, get a cushion cut. Cushion cut. That's, that's the one, I think, uh, diamonds. Yeah. If anybody out there is thinking about it. What's a cushion it. cut? Like a I think it's like an oval soft? or something. I got it from my wife when we got married. Yeah. Can you pull up a cushion cut? Sure. It's like round, I think, yeah. uh, just with more facets or something. Let me see. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty. Anybody out there listening, get a cushion, get a cushion yeah, this cut. This is a good opportunity mm-hmm. for you to go to YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. Go see what a cushion cut diamond looks like, how handsome Chris's feathered hair looks because <laughs> he rolled down his windows. <laughs> it is a great way to dry your hair, dude. Did we talk about this on this pod or before we got on this pod? I think while we're on it. Yeah, because that's another pro tip. If you don't like blow Feather dry. Feather that hair. Yeah, just open the window. It does, you don't heat it? No. So it's good for your hair? Yeah. I don't shampoo a lot either. I noticed that. That's a shampoo. There's no shampoo at your hair. Sorry or about your, that. your house. Yeah, shampoo. Did you have like, any shampoo? I didn't wash my hair. It's good for your hair. I smell, smell like, like a campfire. Not everybody's got this going, dude. You know, there's just perfection here. <laughs> no, you're here. right. And ah. I, feel, I gotta like really. I feel sorry for them sometimes. Reed, do you shampoo? Every once in a while. Not often. You should do it more, probably. No, no chance. I like it just just the way it is, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Great head of hair. Yeah, great look head of hair. Look at that thing. <laughs> wow. Look, look, I at love that. It. look at that mane. Why do I, why do I Maybe shampoo, you shampoo every day? less, bro. Maybe, Maybe you're washing less. out all the healthy oils in your hair. Think about it. Think about you've it. Got, you've got that Almond Brothers look. Hey, you went Thanks. to Rome. You got that awesome thing. You're like a gladiator to me. Gladiators didn't shampoo. Modern day gladiator. Yeah, and they didn't shampoo. No, it's really obnoxious. He'll just use dial soap and then like, you know, <laughs> towel dry it and then toss it around. And I'm like over here with 18 products. I'm like, whatever. Low maintenance. Mm. Sometimes you just use a bar of soap. Yeah, but just bar of soap, dial soap. What's the best dial soap? White. White. I, I like dial. I know that. I like dial gold. I like uh, dove too. <laughs> I'm a girl. I need I had your dial gold. Yeah, yeah I like dial gold. It's all right. I like dial gold. And then the blue one with the white stripes and then a bowling ball looking one. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. You don't like that one? I like Buffalo Traces 
from that guy brand, Duke Cannon. Oh, Duke Cannon. I was thinking Buffalo Trace whiskey. Yeah, they have a they have a soap. With oh, really? Cannon. Smells like whiskey. Yeah, I could put that on after a night. You know, of Buffalo drinking. Trace raised what two hundred fifty thousand dollars for us. I believe More? that's right or close. Did yes. they really? Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Drink Buffalo Trace. Mm-hmm. Drink Buffalo Trace, boys. <laughs> after twenty one, I had some aristocrat this weekend. Uh, do you remember that we had? Well, I think you were in the bathroom, but you remember aristocrat drink. rail? Mm-mm. Ugh. Mm-mm. I don't even want to much. think about it. Yeah, no, I know you're like really good. You, Justin, for the people listening, to this pod lives clean, bro. I was like, wow. Have a beer, no. Mm. Thank Fo- you. I'm focused, man. We got a fight coming up. I know. If I had a fight coming He's up, he's sober. Yeah, yeah, you're sober. Yeah, forgot yeah. about that whole thing. What about uh, Cowboy Cerrone? How does he pull that off, dude? How does he pull that off? Drinking Bud Heavies and shit and just going out there and kicking people's asses. I don't know. He's, he's a different bird, he's, huh? He's a different bird, and hes uh, they're going to retire him soon, I think. Did they retire you? So, uh, when Dana loves you and you're not leaving, they'll retire you. Really? Like he did Chuck Liddell? Chuck Liddell never retires. We were talking about this weekend of all the true. of anybody I wouldn't want to just like cross. I think Chuck Liddell's up there. Yeah. I feel like he's got some heavy hands. He's got some heavy hands. I feel like those just I've never I, I don't know from experience, so I don't yeah. know what's like that. <laughs> they just look like they weigh his works. arms down. Yeah. <laughs> he's an artist. Oh yeah. He's just got like those happy little fist. Just like Bob Ross. Happy little fist? Happy big fist. Happy big fist. I guess I need a bird too. Happy big hands. An owl as well. Big happy hands. Big happy hands. What's your spirit animal, Chris? Oh, that's a great question. Oh my gosh. Wait. A wolf. Should we do this? I don't know. Let's ask him. What is it? Do you have wolf. one? I think a wolf. You think a wolf? I think. Wolf pack? You could run it fast with him. I'd run it. Justin has a little quiz. What are you? Yeah. This <clears> is <throat> proven. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. By, it's uh, science by psychiatrist. Okay. I love like, this. Uh, this is awesome. Like Freud. Oh, good. Was it Freud? I don't know. It's from you as far as I'm concerned. I don't well, if know. If it's somebody else, there's only one famous psychiatrist I know. That's Sigmund <laughs> Freud. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at that one. Spirit animal know. psychiatry test. Oh, look. Okay. There's a zillion okay. quizzes. It's like BuzzFeed or something. I need you to clear your mind. Oh, it's clear. Hold on. Let me clear it a little bit more. Clear it. I need clear. you to go deep into your consciousness. Uh, yeah. Give me an animal. Land, sea, or air. Yeah. Any animal. Yeah. Breathing. Uh, whatever you alive. Yeah. Mythical. Doesn't it can be mythical too. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna have to give me three reasons why you chose that animal. Mm. I need you to go deep into your subconscious. What animal? What animal just came to you just now? Well, there's two animals that I really like. Let's go with the, What comes up first? Well, the wolf came up first. The okay. octopus came up second. Mm-hmm. The wolf, um, I think from being on team sports, is a clearly defined pecking order in a group. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their roles. You're the lone wolf? No, not necessarily. I, they, they all, they, I think wolves, and I'm going to talk out of my ass for a second. I am a little bit maybe more of a lone wolf than an alpha, but I, um, I don't know, Reed, alpha, lone wolf, there's no wrong answer. No, you're a- right. asshole boss wolf <laughs> <laughs> um no i i think you got like 
Relentless was the first thing. Ooh. Relentless was the first thing. Relentless. Me. Yeah, those wolves are relentless. Are you taking notes? Yeah. Because you'll forget. Those motherfuckers go. Have you ever watched one of those? Wolves uh, are relentless. Those drone drone cameras uh, that that they follow these wolves hunting caribou and stuff and planet Earth and David Attenborough's just like you got to talk for six minutes because it's going to take a while, but the wolf gets there. You know what I mean? Like they are relentless, and that was the way you know I tried to play. So I love that. So, anyways, yeah, I think being Ooh. relentless, the pecking order, and then like uh, the third one would be I like cold weather. You like the cold. I do. I don't want it all the time, but I'm a big guy and I sweat. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? So wolves are big, but hair and hairy. Yeah. They sweat. I'm not hairy though. But they stay. Um, yeah. Now an octopus, they can blend in. What would be a third trait? That was the third one. That was the third one. He had pecking order. He had pecking order. Okay. Yeah. Pe- pecking order. What does pecking order mean? They have a defined order. Clearly defined, and we had a very regimented like lifestyle for a long time. Like you, you the same way, right? But yeah. team sports, it felt like, you know. You're very comfortable in a pack that things were defined for you. Like I think one of the the hardest things uh, for players when they retire is things are no longer regimented. You know, you become wow. A, yes, I get that. Yeah. It's, it's it's a struggle to go from being so regimented to then having to do it on your own. Yep, yep. It's hard. And also, when you get out in the world, not everybody's a wolf. So you try to talk to people like wolf, like wolf, and they're like whoa, 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 you know? whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a bunny rabbit. <laughs> Just you know, so. So I would say wolf probably. If I had to go in the ocean and be an octopus, I'm not sure I have three. All right. Yeah. Second one, octopus. Three yeah. reasons why. Yeah. Well, they blend in. They're uh, they blend in. Yeah. They can they can go anywhere. Like octopus, octopi. They fit in. Yeah. They can change their colors. Essentially, one of the trippiest animals in all of the animal kingdom. Probably the coolest one. It was like, hey, God was was dabbling in something when he made the octopus. Um. <laughs> But what about the okapi? What's the okapi? No kapi. What is it? Can we get a picture pulled up? Uh, uh, sure, but three you can't animals see it, and but one. Yeah. No, I'll do it. Wait, oh, so, uh, no, we've been seeing stuff you there pull up go. here. Oh, you are? I think, it's like a, I think cowboy can do it. I think it's like a... Oh. So like, is that a real animal? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. I'll just show it to you. O-K-A-P-I. Where can they be found? Congo. Oh, well, yeah, well, where I lived. Okay, I want to see this shit. Uh, there's only like 100 or 200 in the world. They're very rare. <laughs> it's kind of like God said. Primate? No. It's half giraffe, a third giraffe, Yeah. a third zebra, and a third elk or antelope. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're... They need zebra butt. Oh, giraffe yeah, head. I've seen these things. These are super cool, dude. We got its tongue. He got dipped in zebra. The horse got dipped in zebra. There they are. Look up Okapi tongue. Okay. Or horns. Cool. Now, I haven't thought of an air one. I like owls, though, a lot. They kind of... Well, that, then that's your third first. one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Octopus, why? Oh, my God. Look at their tongue. Hold up. Hold look on. Hold on. Mysterious. Oh. They have a lot of tentacles. Like, I can balance a lot of things at once. Like, I have a, a lot, lot of... A lot of tentacles. They can balance a lot of mm-hmm. things at once. Irons yeah. in the fire. And uh, they like to... I think um, if I had to make a third one up, because I'm in the make it up zone now. They like sex? Uh, I, hear, I hear octopuses like sex. Do they? Well, I mean, shit. They got a pulse. I... Uh, 
Maybe they like to go deep, which is a terrible follow-up <laughs> to what you just said. But uh, like to go deep. But they, they they like to get down in there. Where's the tongue? He didn't see it. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm talking about it's the ocean. Really, something. Look at this. Uh, this this see that? this okapi can go deep. Do I have to push it? Do I push it? Just oh. wait. Real deep. <laughs> I told you. Look at that thing. Oh no! It's oh wow. There it is, though. Oh, I was like, it looked just like a giraffe there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at that Look at the tongue on that thing, dude. You've seen one of these. You pet one of these things? They tried to sell me its fur, some poachers. And you were like, no, dude. And it's me. my spirit animal. Presumably your spirit animal. It is my spirit yeah. animal. At least it was my first. What, it was where, my wolf. I need your three reasons. Three things in one? Yeah. Fighter, speaker, author. There we go. Fighter... Oh, I thought that was no, the three founder. things that the Okapi did. And I was like, oh, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're very close. Yeah. Uh, they are adored by the people I adore. They're yep. loved by the people I love. Yep. Pygmies. Yep. It's their spirit animal. I also love you. I love you too. Love you, man. Feels good to love you this much. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to keep a straight uh, face there. And then uh, I do though, bro. they're majestic. Yeah, and you're majestic. <laughs> They're majestic. You are majestic. My uh, second animal yeah. was a dog. Tell me. A cane corso. Oh. An Italian mastiff. The big ones. Gentle giants. Yeah. Two. Um, loyal. Loyal. Three. Three. Unconditional love. Yes. Unconditional love. Uh -huh. Third one. Yeah. Give you four. Four. Third one. <laughs> Can't count. Also, can't count. Third one. Also, don't understand the, the Third one. human numeric system. Uh, that's why you should be watching YouTube, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. What number did I put up? You'll see. You'll see next on YouTube. Yep. Uh, <laughs> third reason is that we're third animal, right? Yeah. Yours. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go. Bison. To oh, bison. Mm -hmm. Buffalo. I love those. American bison. You know why? Why? Because they run through. They head, they head towards the storm, not away. Be a buffalo, oh, not a bull. Wow, they run to the storm, huh? Be a buffalo, not a bull. Why do they run to the storm? So they can get through it faster. Oh, that's tight. A cow, a bull, runs away from a storm, gets tired, beaten down in the storm, stays in it longer. Wonder, wonder a buffalo if tucks I... its head and just runs. Oh, that is tight. I'm never going to steal your uh, spirit animal, but... <laughs> but you're thinking about it right now. Reed might steal it. <laughs> Reed, you gotta wash your hair more if you're gonna be a bison. <laughs> I love you. That's so good. Uh, I'll get you a a bird for your your fro. Oh, I would love that. Like this. I would love that bison storm poster. I'm gonna think about a, a, a an air animal. You said owl. Yeah, owl for sure. But I got I I don't know why. Well, just, just what do you like about an owl? Those are some beautiful animals. They're beautiful. They are beautiful. And they stare You're through you. Too. Oh, yeah, I appreciate stare. it. They wouldn't stare downs. They stare right through you. And um, and I just think when you see an owl, like on accident, you really stop like you saw a lion on safari, dude. They're just the prestige on those motherfuckers for being just American animals. Regal. I could see a barn owl and I'd be excited. Mm -hmm. Just be in the barn. There's an owl. If I see a snow owl. Regal. Yeah. Regal. Snow owl. That's more rare than the copy. Three animals in one. Amazing. What if you saw a snow leopard, snow owl? Same place. What if you saw a snow leopard with owl wings? 
then, be, then it still wouldn't be then it would still not be a no copy <laughs> it's true i need i need like a little mouse so yeah three need one more I need one more to be a no copy okay let me ask you yes sir how do you think a person finds their purpose man trial and error i think i didn't know my purpose for like i mean i'm doing the math now 31 years or so um i mean i kind of knew my purpose you think you know um but the the thing is like your purpose will change through life like you can yeah. have core values all that stuff but your purpose is going to change the thing that that seems like it's going to be here like as my number one for ever is going to be my kids yeah you know like is when, that for you too amy mm, for my purpose uh it uh, definitely you you it changes how you see everything to where you think of that like what am i doing and how would how would my kids see this is this yeah. the person i want to be she's she's the best example of a mom i've ever well, seen I don't know that's about awesome that, but thank you that's for me for me you're awesome she's amazing that's awesome 12 and 16 are her two. Oh, wow. I have two girls. Yeah. So what's the toughest age? Mm, 12? It dep- I think that's so subjective. Like I wasn't a toddler type person, so that was yeah. really hard for me, I think. Yeah. I like being able to actually have conversations with them and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You get to I mean, look it's cute to that. and all, but I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like getting sad about my kids being like five. I'm like, damn, dude. I just, you know, like you, the, the whole be present thing. Yeah. That kids made me be present, like try to be present. It's a terrible habit not to be, and I'm the worst at it. But since I had kids, you know, like not only do you get kind of like you're, I was so restless for most of my life. Like, you know, yes, I have a job. Yes, I have a purpose per se, but I don't feel, I feel kind of, you know, like I'm just in the wind. Like, what the fuck am I doing, you know, at times? And the minute I met my kids, I was like, dude, okay, I have an anchor at least. I don't know if it's, you know, it's healthy to have another purpose, but I have an anchor at least, you know? Yeah. So, and them going to kindergarten and school, it's like, damn, dude, my little guy, he just went to school the other day for the first time. I'm like, we just check in at, at four o'clock for two hours. That's it. And then it's bedtime. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, and I we do. went from being best buddies. So no, that is hard, but it's part of it. And I just, I think I just have an acceptance. Like this is part of it. Yeah. I did it. People do it. So how can I make it the best that I want it to, that it can be, you know? Yeah. Cause mine just started driving my oldest one and it's just a whole nother thing. Well, what are you going to think when Waylon's able to drive? Well, evidently he's going he's going to be he's going to be uh powered by a self-driving car. Yeah. That's actually kind of safer. Kind of. Uh <laughs> <laughs> We just did this whole thing last week on Tesla. I know you probably have some Tesla friends, so I don't want to dog shit on Tesla, but That's okay. I just don't trust robots, man. I just there's certain things that I'm just not ready to hand over and that one of them would be like a 3 ton vehicle do you trust robots amy no we're already screwed we're screwed we're moving into terminator territory it's ai it's they're gonna take we're already past the point no i've watched too many sci-fi movies you really think you really believe this I mean, no, I'm with you. I just want to check before. If I we create it. things in our own image, we've created that. So we're uh, screwed. They're gonna take over. I don't know. Yeah, that's a sci-fi junkie in me. I Can mean, I be old? Can they just put me in one of those like things with all the? I'm going first. Wires. When I'm, <laughs> I'm like going. I'm going first because I've been just talking. offer them up talent. Be nice to me. Yeah, here you, you go. You, you can have this. You Greek. need to start kissing up to them now, and I'm not doing it. Love you. And so I think I'm gonna end up in one of those situations. Who do we address? <laughs> we they. 
Look, look hey, around. Look at, these, look at all these fucking cameras, dude. Wow, they're watching us. Yeah, they're, they're waiting. Oh, it's way worse than that. They already know everything about us exactly. and these phones. Yeah, so I'm going, they'll probably get me early. Love you, AI. <laughs> Do I, just... I don't. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Chris, play the game. <laughs> Can't play the game. Don't um, let the player hit the game. No, no, the Teslas, man. You know, like they were saying, uh, Tesla last week was saying that think? they acknowledged some weren't safe. So, I, you know, like that's kind of a big acknowledgement to me. They had a bunch of wrecks with their self-driving vehicles. And yeah. They had to acknowledge that. Yeah. And yeah. Would, would you... Just the beta stage. Hey, guys, no big deal. Like on your cell phone, <laughs> beta it's stage. Only nine you're like, oh, restart the phone. <laughs> it'll be straight. But the car... Mm -hmm. oh, just a little mistake here just just plowed a pedestrian would uh would you say i'd look good in a tesla truck i do think you'd look good in it does it have a chop top because i want to see you in all convertibles bro strictly convertibles should my next haircut be a buzz cut like your dad no chance dude what if what if your dad and i rocked the same haircut <laughs> Well, the only and you had to go on trips with us. I'm pretty sure it would be a flat top because flat top. I don't think he can get on your level at this age. Um, but I would love it. I would be so safe. Everybody would think I was with military guys. Can we see what Howie Long's hair looks like? Oh yeah, I've already pulled. Hasn't changed in in years. Hasn't changed. Uh, in yeah, years. I pulled a, a nice photo of it, but hold up, I got to cast it. So let me see here. He is ageless, dude. Your father? Yeah. To Papa? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is just like a... Was that good Spanish? Two, yeah, it was. See, Where, which one do so, I yeah, grew up in Texas. I learned something, bro. I neighbor it. You sound good. Mexico. You sound good. To I, Papa? Hold up one second. Mi Papa es mm -hmm. muy grande. Howie Long? Look at him. Look Look at this. this. Oh, look how good he looks. Yeah. That's well, your dad, dude? Why, why is that not... Uh, what are you on? Like Pinterest? Cool, yeah, cool you got all these older ladies with dad pinterest look there's like there's like thirst trappy guys below him and he's just pixelated 1993 cool hairstyles for men your dad's flat top comes up and if you want a cool hairstyle i don't i i, I googled howie long haircut and then it's uh, from the richmondforum.com you know what's mm -hmm. funny it is pin he's all over pinterest you know he's what's really funny it just stands up the hair dude mm -hmm. He doesn't even put Does product he towel in. dry and then just ride with his. I don't think he has to do car anything. windows down. I don't, yeah, well, maybe that's where I'm headed. Uh, like you know, say oh, I'm never gonna be like my dad. I'm never gonna do that. Just leave the Wayland curls. Oh yeah, I'm definitely keeping the. What little, do you call those? A little waterfall. Wayland's his tail. His tail. <laughs> my son has a tail where awesome. we had it. A rat a, tail. He had a mullet as a kid, and uh, we thought it was just adorable and then he it was when, he, when he had agency he was like no i'm not opting out of this <laughs> and he said what did he say to do other than cut his hair he what said you do anything but cut my hair anything anything, anything. any other you ever want any other option dude just my tail is going nowhere he's like i'll get circumcised <laughs> you let me keep my hair too, too late <laughs> oh shit yeah too late yeah <laughs> you're like okay. yeah here we are wow well chris Jay, we should do some stuff together. Soon. We should ride in some convertibles together. Is what I think we should do. You want to come to Texas and ride in the red sled? I would love to. I'll drive. I need my an hair. elf. She'll I put need the top elf. down so your heads come out. Dude, I do need to come to Austin though, because honestly, I was there one time for a wedding, and and uh, I didn't cool get place. to really see it. Like you know, when you're doing wedding stuff. So she's the best tour guide. Awesome. I'm pretty ever good. Seen. I'm pretty. Not pretty good. I've, I've the lived best. there for 27 years. Well, so. you've seen it change. The best of the best of the best is that woman right there. Oh, honey. Okay. She is. Let's focus you guys on rock, man. <laughs> She's hot, isn't she? <laughs> so I'm being as safe so as good. I possibly can be. You have outkicked your coverage. <laughs> I have outkicked my coverage. Very yeah. sweet. I just need some hair like Reed. 
<laughs> well, uh, this is our first. Thing going on. <laughs> this is our first offsite road game, road game podcast. Besides our episode that I guess technically launches today with RJ Mitty. Mm, well, you recorded with Nick Santanastaso, Nick Santanastaso in Vegas, yeah. so. Yeah, that was offsite too. So you're doing the road yeah. road show. You know, you're my third. Third. Mm-hmm. So you, you've been, you just, you've just been just like sh- cruising through these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm excited though, man. Really, you think it's gonna be good? It's gonna be awesome, bro. I, I want it to be one of the most meaningful podcasts in the world. Oh, us. Or us you? and yeah, this no. show. I was gonna say, let's Both. not pump the brakes on us. I don't know about that. <laughs> but as far as your show, you're gonna have some amazing people on your yeah. show, bro. I was telling you this weekend not to pump your 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 head up or anything but like i've had so many great conversations with you we've had some really good times where we've spent a lot of time on a mountain or that yeah. sort of thing and how many podcasts you think could have fit in there oh wow um yeah. so i just knew you'd be good at this dude wow. i knew you'd be good at this Thanks, when, when i heard you were doing it i'm excited for you yeah i really yeah. appreciate that well thank you for letting us use your studio you're the man Anytime. I love you. Love you too, man. Yeah, let's do some stuff with uh, Waterboys and fight for the free out this I'd love year. to. I'd love to. Waterboys, waterboys.org. Waterboys.org. He, 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 Please come support. He's an inspiration to us. So, mm. yep. Thanks, brother. Yep. Wow. What an episode. So good. Chris Long. Chris is rad. Badass, handsome devil. Handsome <laughs> angel. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. He's a good man. I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful that we are linked arm in arm to make a difference in this world through our foundations and platforms and podcast. We're aligned. He's a good man. He also let us stay at his mountain home. He did. I mean, beautiful sunsets and sunrises and we had fires and stars, stars, lots of stars. Mm-hmm. And we have an overcome story. That's we what you sure stayed do. till the end to listen to. That's Thank you. Right. Yay. They're start, we're starting to get some. I'm so excited. Let us have some more. Send yes. us yours. If you have one, send it to overcomepodcast at gmail.com. And remember, keep it readable for the podcast, right? We, yeah. uh, we just can't read too, too long of one. Um, this one is really uh, wonderful. This is, it's a trip to me because it happened like in the last year. Wow. I know. So this is from Joe Hall. Can I just say too, if you send us something, please include a way for people to find you, like your Instagram handle or something like that. So um, because Joe doesn't have it in here and I would love to share these pictures on the Overcome Instagram, sure. which is Overcome with Justin Wren, which we're just still getting going. But I'd love to be able to share these and tag people. So um Okay. So he says, first off, I just want to say, I absolutely love this podcast. I listen to every uh-huh. episode. It's a fabulous thanks, idea. Joe. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. And you can tell that Justin is fully invested in his guests and their message. I follow Justin on Instagram and he's a top notch human being. Uh-huh. The Cliff's Notes of my story, 9-1-2020. So barely over a year ago, wow. I was in a motorcycle accident. I Oof. suffered two pelvic fractures, a broken and dislocated wrist, which down the road, we've all found out also had shredded ligaments that ended up being reconstructed. A medical, a medial, sorry, orbital wall crack and roughly 50 to 60 stitches in my face. I was hospitalized for 17 days. While I'm in the hospital, post-accident, I felt completely lost. Suicidal ideation, Mm. depression were parts of my life before, but this made it worse. I was thinking of ways to try to kill myself in the hospital room, not even realizing that they'd hear all the alarms go off and stop me. 
in the following months due to lack of mobility and my depression slash coping mechanism, eating, I ballooned to over 350 pounds. Once I'd had enough, I set four goals in March for the remainder of 2021. The first, complete the U.S. Air Force Marathon in Dayton in September. It was subsequently canceled due to COVID. To get back on a wrestling mat and compete again, Wow. Planning on that this coming Go, Sunday. So that probably wow. happened by this time it airs. I know. Give us at an a, update, Joe. How'd you do? Yeah. At an autism benefit tournament. Very cool. Wow. And and to get back in a cage one more time. This one won't happen this year. And to get back under 270 pounds. This time last year, I needed a walker to get around. I still couldn't roll over in bed without pain and was pretty uh. much miserable. However, this past Sunday, I competed in and completed the Columbus Marathon after now yes. training a, a, in about two months because yes. I got, yeah, because I got really depressed again. But I, I dragged my obese self through it. I almost hoped that my time was slow enough at the half marathon that they'd redirect me to finish to only complete a half, but they didn't do that. And I knew I had to complete the full for me, for my friends who'd followed my whole journey, for anyone who might stumble on my Instagram and see where I've been, where I'm at and where I plan to go. It took seven hours and 17 minutes and I was dead last for all the competitors that did the full marathon, but I made it to the finish. Now I've got a 48 hour run in Arizona, three days before my 39th birthday, where I'm going to try to get people to donate per mile or whatever they'd like so that I can get a few local churches and provide Christmases for a few needy families. So wow. that I can get with a few local churches and provide Christmases for a few needy families. The goal is 100 miles over 48 hours time. That's some Zach bitter stuff right there, right? Wow. Strange that a guy who's grown up hating running is using the discomfort <laughs> it causes to help me grow. Strange world. Still not where I want to be, but I'm on a path anyway. Keep up the great work, guys. Much love. And he sent some pictures too that I would love to share. He looks like there's one from uh, the it, Colton can put them on the screen. There's one from wow, the hospital. Look at that. Mm -hmm. He just ran a marathon. Joe, that is you like are a inspiring. year ago. Nuts. Yes. And then here oh, wait, he is. Wait, 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 wait. Slow down on his legs. Oh, okay. Let's see here. You oh, can tell. Was, he's on a walker. He's on a walker. On and a walker. then here he is got, healing, looks like, with his ligaments that got shredded. Yeah. And, and here he is. Look at him. What? Yes. Look Joe, at you, you're Joe. Looking good. You're looking good. Honestly, you look. I like the beard. It says it's my first marathon, too. I love it. So we'll share these on Overcome and hopefully we can get Nobody's going to stop that man running with it's my first marathon. <laughs> it's a half. He wants to keep going. You know what? Hell and it's yeah. A, it's a beautiful thing to come in last, actually, because everyone is worried about coming in last. So you do a service, you know, like. Yeah. Cool. And. And it, it takes all the pressure off if you ever want to do it again. That's right. Sure Only does. up from there. And he looks like he lost 20 years. I mean, he looks way younger than 39. Yeah. He looks great. So we're going to share this on Overcome with Justin Wren at, on Instagram. And Joe, I hope you'll comment so we can tag you and share more because that is a beautiful story. Way to go. Keep overcoming. Hello? I'm here. Yeah. I'm just pulling away. <laughs> you were just staring uh, at me. I was staring at you and I was a bit speechless because what a story. Mm -hmm. I think too many times people throw in the towel and quit. I know. I know. And I have family members that kind of have, and I have friends that wow, they had such a promising life, career, people that loved them, still do and are rooting for them. But you know, it's hard to root for someone that's not 
that's not going to do it for themselves. It's hard to support someone that's unwilling to put in effort or make changes or admit that they need help or ask for help. But whenever you see the determination for someone to dig deep, to come back from not just being lazy, but having an accident and having bones crushed. And he doesn't even really list like, oh, there was a big reason, you know, he just did it because he had life. Yeah. And he, he knew this is so in a fight, I've, I've never found, I don't think I've ever found maybe one or two times I've had my back against the cage. And when we put other people there, But in those moments when your back is against the cage, you train and you realize, and this is some of those moments that are the most exciting times in fights, that a person is given the option to fold, to cave, to almost take a squat and just let the guy keep pounding on him. Or, or something rises up inside of you and you bite down on your mouthpiece. You tuck your chin and you just start throwing some bombs and you decide I'm not going out. And if I am going out, I'm going out on my shield. I'm going down swinging. And so there is something in Joe, which is inside of all of us to rise up and overcome. And that's what this man has done by running a full marathon with plans to do even greater things. A man that decided I've ballooned up to 350 pounds. You you know what? Like to address something really quick. Food addiction is one of the hardest addictions in the world. People don't give that enough credit. Like they think people are just lazy or obese or fat or whatever. And I'm telling you, one of my best friends in this world who's fought for, you know, seven figures in the world championship. One of his biggest struggles was food. He's ballooned up to 360 pounds. You know why? Because you have to eat. You it's have all to. around us. And people expect it. Like you yeah. go places and you they're go like, to a eat. friend's house, eat. Your mm-hmm. big guy, eat. Like I I'm I've struggled with weight. That's what I was bullied for. Dude, I relate to you, I, Joe. I, I feel it. Yes. And like you have to eat once a day at least, or you know, I mean, there's fasting, things you can do, but you normally you're expected to eat three times a day. And when you start and those flavors hit, something goes off in the brain, you're being rewarded. Uh, chemicals go off and you have this desire to keep going. So to stop that is something he had to do first so that he could even make it out there on the pavement and beat the streets. So way to go, Joe. He's recognizing too, that he's not perfect. He's still got a ways to go, but you know what? Sure. Progress. So keep taking those steps. Progress, 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 not perfection. Yeah. That is straight from the big book of AA, mm-hmm. which struggles with addiction. And here's the thing, Joe, you have inspired me today. You've inspired Amy today. My good friend, Chris Murphy, is also here today, and uh, he's helping us with clips. And both him and I have a similar struggle um, or uh, something we're in process of overcoming, and it's addiction. You just inspired us. We're going to be going to a recovery-themed meeting, and uh, I'm going to take this as fuel to my fire, and I hope that this will fuel up anybody else listening. This man did something incredible. It's a great feat. It's something we will honor because it's not just big in his life. It's big for anybody to do what he's done coming back from severe injuries 
17 days hospitalized, being on a walker, having cast. Wanting to kill yourself. Oh my God. We didn't even talk about that. But yes, trying to plan his way out. I hope this gives him a little push too when he's feeling down. Joe, we love you. Yes. Joe, send me a message, please. I don't think we've ever interacted. And uh, I tried to look up your Instagram on my followers and I didn't find it. So I don't know if it's not Joe Hall on there, but I didn't find you through searching. So please reach out to me when you hear this. I hope that this encourages you to keep going forward. We want to let's do a follow up with Joe after some of these other feats. And, Absolutely. You know, there Please might be challenges keep, along keep the way, touch. but send us some emails, send me yeah. some messages. Let us know how you're doing because brother, mm-hmm. we care. We do. So keep caring about yourself, please, because you're worth it. Yeah. And if you have an overcome story, we want to hear it. It's at overcomepodcast at gmail.com. Wow. Please, please. Thank you for sharing, Joe. Yeah. Keep going. And you can support this podcast by liking, subscribing, following, Hit sharing. the five stars. Hit the five please stars. Please leave us a rating and review if this please has encouraged do. you. It would encourage us. But as encouraging as that is, which we love and we will read and we will work on things and get better and we will do more of the things you like um, that, that impacted your heart, those reviews help us grow, which help grow our impact, which help get out to more people to encourage people like Joe or help us build this hospital that we're underway with and uh, help us with our bullying prevention, which it's bullying prevention month. And so um, we're so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and I love you, darling. I love you too. <laughs> I gotta say it on every show. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for listening. You have overcome 100% of your darkest days. Rise up, overcome. Hey, don't forget to send your overcome stories to overcomepodcast at gmail.com. And also, rate, review, subscribe, and follow Overcome with Justin Wren.